Yo, excuse me, Mrs. Lynn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this every mic you're about to hear, we, we swear, swear the, the best, best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, if you, you didn't, didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, world? Sorry to make y'all wait, man. It takes a lot to get this thing together, man. (laughs) We is not professionals, that's a fact, so. That's what makes it so good, though. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. So we had so much fun yesterday, man. I went and put everything on YouTube, so anybody who didn't get a chance to see it, it is live on YouTube right now, America 22 Life. Um, make sure when you write that out, it's written just how it looks on there, America 22 Life. Um, but you can see it on there. Make sure y'all go and subscribe to that. We're trying to get this thing out to the world, y'all. So make it happen, man. This is all about community, all about us. Um, Let's welcome some people. We got quite a few people on here i got aunt nelda hey karen millie megan randy Brittany. what's up everybody what's going on what's going on jeff in the got, crib yeah. sheena cousin sheena kamisha's here what's Cuz up be calling me on facebook message y'all don't call me on that my g i do not answer to that <laughs> never gonna answer i don't that. i can't and it, i just i just can't i love you i want to talk to you i want to know what's going on but just do not call me just messenger <laughs> hit me through messenger with a text like Dale's here. Dale was good. Boy, are you in the house? I see you. I've seen see the five K thing. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what's new, y'all? Let's talk about something. What, what we got going on? We we started off yesterday talking about um bringing y'all into our lives a little bit. Remember we talked about um we talked about our twenty years of being together, so on and so forth. What is that D? Somebody's sure. volume is up too high. <laughs> Anyways, we had talked about uh, our 20 years of being together and kind of give a little history on us. Um, we got all the way to the point where Mikey was a year old. He wasn't quite a year. He was just born. So we wanted to talk a little more about that. Also, we're going to get y'all introduced to um, my mom or my dad. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going to bring my dad on the day. Yesterday, he started a watch party and he couldn't comment on our thread because we couldn't see it so he was commenting but we couldn't see it through his thread so I don't yeah know. so that's the thing if you start if you start a watch party that means that you can only comment within the group of people you're watching with right. so that's why we said just watch it from here right. so he'll be on today though yeah he's gonna be on today so as we did yesterday we had kind of did like we went way over we had planned for an hour and then we had went way over to like an hour and a half which i don't mind doing like i'll sit on here and talk to y'all all day um but Ultimately, we got to kind of, kind of try to keep some type of bearing on how long we go. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's but yeah. what that is. And we wanted to just, uh, you know, talk a little bit more. We asked everybody to kind of tell us, hey, give us some questions. What do you want to know? What do you guys want to talk about? And we introduced you to us a little bit. You know, you, now you know where America 20 to life came in. That's 20 years. We've been together for 20 plus, actually, over 20 years. But uh, one of the questions that came up was, and, I, and this is from somebody that, that doesn't know us that well, so they know us with Mikey as a young adult, um, but was how was it being so young 
being parents because we were really young. We were 18. We were his age, basically, that he is now when we had him. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. And if you guys have any, you know, additional questions, put them in the comments. I'm going to try to make you know, sure like, I read through that. A lot of our friends was kind of young, too, when they was, when they had kids. So, like, yeah, I know y'all can relate. I mean, a lot of people can relate to having kids at a young age. But really, you grow up, excuse me, you grow up with your kids. You know, ultimately, I mean, we grew up, I grew up with my kid, with my son, my firstborn, Mikey. I mean, I was, even to this day, obviously, we're still 18 years apart. So, I mean, I'm 38. He's 20. I mean, we kind of like there's there's people in the in the world that hang out with twenty year olds when they thirty eight or whatever the case is, or a little brother. It was kind of like raising a little brother, yeah. But I had the love for him that like it was my son, so it was a it was a different situation. I mean, really, it was. My dad was thirty three years old when he had me, so I mean, he was he was well matured, you know, ready to go as far as that's concerned. He was forty five when he had my little sister, so. I mean, it's a totally different atmosphere when you're 18, you're still trying to figure your own life out, still living with your parents to raise a kid. So Yeah, the way we kind of talk about it is we kind of, we all grew up together, really. I mean, we grew up together even though we were his parents. We all, we were growing up with him, but also, you know, trying to raise him and, and do a good job. And people joke and they're like, there's no handbook to parenting. You don't really know what the hell you're doing. Add in being young and not really knowing who you are, you know. At all, then it, it's quite an experience, but it, it's a good one. And we, we talk to Mikey a lot. That's probably why we're so close with Mikey. And, you know, our kids, all of our kids were just really close with talking with them and talking about their, you know, life with us and how it was for them. So, you know, we want to talk with y'all about that a little bit. Yo, really like raising Mikey up at a young age. So I made so many mistakes. Like I thought I was doing everything exactly right. And you don't really know until you get a little older, you start to realize like where you made mistakes at. How do you fix those mistakes at this point? So I, I'll tell you something I think about all the time. I want to I want to hear from my parents out there that raised kids at a young age. Like I, re I realize I miss Mikey at every stage of his life. Like I miss that kid. Like it's almost like I raised 13, 14 different kids because when he was one, he was a certain person. When he was three, he was a certain person and then so on and so forth. So there's all these little junctures in time when I can remember being, you know, this little new little dude, you know, like now I got a new little five-year-old and I remember how he was at a five-year-old and then he was 10 and then he was 12 and now he's 20 and it's like I raised like five different kids, it seems like, you know, based off of that. So mm -hmm. I look back on each one of those times and I knew a little more about the kid that I just got done raising <laughs> by the time he was another age, if that makes sense. So like by the time That's he exactly was 12, by the time he was 12, I realized how I should have been with him when he was five, but now it's too late. So you know, that's like the growing pains you go through with raising a young man or a young kid when you're still a young man yourself. You know, it was really odd, you know, for the most part. Now for that sure. I'm looking back on it, especially, it's like, dang, man, like, I was such a kid. Like, I knew nothing about the world. I knew shit. Like, <laughs> I, it was like really like if I could, I did, I did well, I think, for being the age that I was at with him. You know, I did well. Um, and I even tried to do well with the other two that I had, you know, as far as that, that was concerned. Um, but... You know, you can only do so much, man, especially when you're young and dumb and trying to figure it out. I know? mean, if you think about the age that, you know, we were at as parents, it's kind of crazy. Like I, I became a mom and I, I wasn't like the I wasn't the the kid that, you know, babysat a whole ton. I mean, I did. I babysat like the neighbor's kids, but they were like school age. So I wasn't, you know, the kid that played with babies a lot and, you know, changed diapers or whatever. And then all of a sudden one day I'm a mom and I'm supposed to know what to do with this child. And so it was it was crazy. Yeah. It was different. Like it was scary, you know. But that's like hella irresponsible. <laughs> sending the fuck sending her home with a kid. Like 
Think about how irresponsible that is. Like, here's a whole baby. Just go home. You 17, 18 years old. You don't know nothing about nothing. And you're supposed to, like, feed this thing and bathe it and just be One careful. One thing I, I can say, though, about motherhood that is absolutely true is that everything that they say about motherhood, when they say that when you, you, you're, you know, having the baby inside of you, you're growing the baby, and then you have the baby, you instantly love it. That's absolutely true. Because as soon as I had him, it was like nothing else in the world mattered. And it didn't matter. Like nothing mattered what was going on in the world or what was going on with us, whatever. That was what was most important. I think that kind of helped us. It gave us something that was like a goal. He was yeah. a goal to do better for ourselves, to do better with each other, to do better with him. So, I mean, it was I was really lucky. Yo. Like I was raised by a good dad. So I kind of had a blueprint on how to do this. I mean, I can understand why having a dad in the house is so influential, especially young black men in the world, because like if you don't have a, a visual of what it looks like to be a good dad, it's almost impossible. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had something, even though I didn't know nothing, I still had something to go by, if that makes sense. Like I had something like a blueprint to see like how I'm going to spend time with him, like things that I'm going to talk to him about. Even though my dad was mad, <laughs> mad crazy. Like, me and my pops talked about everything since I was a little, little kid. I'm going to bring him on. We're going to talk about that. But I, one thing I like to do with my dad all the time is, like, do you remember when with my dad? Like, do you remember when you told me? Or do you remember when we was here? Like, since I was a little, little kid, yo, like, I can remember my pops talking to me about everything under the sun. And I was, like, his best friend. He was mine. So that was, like, it was just a great relationship. You know, like, I always learned to have that with my son growing up. Um he was definitely in a different part of his life than I was when I had Mikey. But, you know, me and Mikey, even now today, our relationship is better because, you know, we are closer. I shouldn't say closer to age, but closer to maturity level. Yeah. And you, you both have gr you're growing together yeah. still. I mean, we're still and, and back then. Think about it, because this, this is year two, uh, you know, year 2000. That's when, you know, Mikey was born. Things were different even back then because it wasn't as like prominent and as like accepted, you know, nowadays it, nobody bats an eye, 17, 18, having kids or whatever the case may be. But back then it wasn't all that common. Like we did know peers that a year or two later had kids or whatever, but even just being pregnant at that age, you know, still in school, I was still in high school. I was at Everett. So I'm at Everett pregnant. That wasn't really a thing back then. And then having, you know, him and we were trying to do right, but we're still living at home because we weren't moved out yet. It was like, yeah. a, you know, it was like a mad dash to be grown up now. You know, it's like move out, get your own place, start raising the kid. Like, whoa. Yeah. So it was like crazy. But um, so we brought we put a little couple of pictures together. I want to show you all. These are just some of the pictures of like that time frame. In our, and if you all kind of caught on to what we're trying to do, like as we go on. We would do this in segments of because there's been 22 years of us being together. So we'll try to put these kind of in segments. And this is kind of like year two, year two of us being together was this time right now. So we're going to pop some pictures up. And then I think after that, we definitely want to get some people on here, man. So I'm going to start off with my pop. So we're going to go through some, you know, I'm going to introduce y'all to him. And then um, we'll go we're gonna, from there. Yeah, we're going to talk about it all. Let's talk about but, it. So this was Erica at high school. <laughs> With the baby. That is my graduation, high school graduation from Lansing Everett. That was my baby right there. He yeah. was three months old. Yeah. Yep. So my that. son attended my graduation. And then we actually have a picture of us three and at his graduate or at her graduation. Then we have the opposite picture of us three at his graduation, which is yep. pretty dope. So he wore red too. He graduated from Sexton. Yeah, so that was pretty Lansing, sweet. Yeah. So that was that one. Um this was us. I think Mikey might have been Mikey might have been a year and a half, two years old right here. He's still a toddler. 
Yeah, so that was that he was all excited about my bike. I had an, I had just gotten this rocket right here. He was all excited about this thing, and then I was excited, and he was excited. So one day when I I'm gonna tell you about the third time I crashed this damn thing. <laughs> um, I'm riding down the street. He's all excited. Like I, I think we were just sitting outside the house. He may have been two years old at this time. I was getting ready to leave, so I was in my car, and he was gonna stay at home. So he was in the front yard, yeah. so excited watching you leave. So he was like, he know Dad Pop Willie's and whatnot. So he's like, Dad Pop Willie, you know Pop Willie, or just like you know how he says it as a kid, Poppy Willie Pop. So I'm like, all right, bet I'm gonna go ahead. And so I pull out, I pull out on the Palmer. And the, the funny part about this is every football was just getting out. I'm shit. I'm like 20 years old. I'm their age. You know what I'm saying? But Palmer's right behind yeah, the school. Palmer's you know right where behind that the is. school. So ever football getting out. There's a bunch of cars behind me, and I put I go ahead and yank it up. So I I yank it up. I'm riding, and I hit this little divot in the road, and the bike just flew out from under me. Just whoop. And I mean, I I ran with it for a little second. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like a Flintstone run. And then the speed caught up with me. I fell, tore my whole side up. The mm. bike was all messed up, made all types of crazy noise. I all seen the Everett, it all. The Everett players was behind us laughing. <laughs> it was just a terrible situation. That was like, that was the end of that bike right there. Y'all see? <laughs> I was that bike. I rode horrified. that bike back into the garage, all embarrassed. That's probably the last time in my life. It stayed in that garage. Cause yeah, it stayed in that garage. I just remember so, being in the car watching it, and it looked, it looked so bad. And I'm just like, I just remember sitting in the car going, <gasps> Yeah, yeah you know, he, he got up and he was fine. Like he popped up like nothing. I wasn't fine though. I was just, I mean, we was in a new relationship. I couldn't cry in front of her. I couldn't cry in front of my kid. We, so <laughs> I wasn't fine. Like a few years uh, in, he's like, I can't cry in front of her. Yo, that thing took a huge chunk out of my body. I got still got a mark with that button. Yeah, thing, it was rough. That was um, that bike. But this is the prom. This is the baby in the pr- baby in the prom suit right here. <laughs> These are all those little moments. Well, and that was that. actually a one, uh, like a one piece, just so y'all know that I popped. This is Maya him. and Mikey right here outside of my mom's house. Oh, they might have been, babies. they might have been maybe two years old, maybe right there. This is my no, daughter Maya Lynn. Th- I think they were four and three, maybe. No way, they wasn't no four. This is like two three. years old. They like two. I can't two, even tell. They're two, so little. Three or two and a half, probably right there. They're so cute, y'all. <sighs> what Mikey say? They're just so cute. I remember that moment so vividly. He said, you ain't cry a tear. That was crazy to me. Yeah, your pops had to hold it down. Boy, I was crying inside, though. (laughs) He said. I might even cried a little bit in my pants. He said a chunk. He said it was like somebody sanded your skin down. Yep. Yeah, somebody took an ice cream scoop out of my arm, my leg. That's what it was. And then Warrior this is them days. at five or six right here. This is Warrior Football. This is Pee-wee. This is look at me right here though. We talking about teen parents and parenting as a teen. I'm like, I'm like maybe twenty three right here. Yeah. I'm skinny as all get out. My sister Michelle <laughs> back there, Gabby. Yep. This is yep. Coaching football. football right here. We I'm live, helping baby. out with the We live, baby. Yeah. We live, baby. Um, so yeah, that was like they was like six years old right there. Yeah, they were little. That's Maya and Mike. And right we were there. so young, but we re- we tried to have them in everything. You know, we really wanted to be we wanted them to experience everything and be a part of everything. So I always helped out with all the sports teams. He tried to coach and we really just Yo, tried to do it that way. When you know? I'm older now, I'm thirty nine now. I'm thirty eight, right? And I think about like all the parents that we was around at the time, like we was as old as they oldest teenager with kids and we in the same league as them, like 
we going to the same little PTA meetings. Like, what, what, what did we think we was I, doing? I don't yo? know. I'm trying to run shit at like meetings and stuff yeah. and going to PTA. And I, we was way out of our league. We we, hey, we did it. We though. did it. Though. <laughs> we did it though. We did it like a month. Like you got to think 18 years old. So Mikey was five. I was 23. Yeah. You know I'm what I'm 20, saying? We're I'm a year 23 apart. years old when he starts, when he starts kindergarten. Yep. I don't know shit about shit <laughs> like at all. I mean, period. And, and I here, wonder why I'm up at the school and nobody taking me seriously. Nobody taking us serious. We are constantly having to argue with folks about normal stuff. You should, I mean, it was crazy. But oh, my life. All I've had experience. to fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my life. That's literally how he And we was in Hope, yo. We, <laughs> Not so in kindergarten. We, that's but true. We was, in, we was in Lansing. In we were in Lansing in kindergarten through first but i think you almost yeah. had to put hands on the I principal did. At, uh, at what school was that kavanaugh at kavanaugh i had to pull my child out of kavanaugh yeah, they used to abuse my little yeah, dude it was rough the teachers and stuff i guarantee michael remembers that day because he always tells me i remember nah, that day that's yeah. probably traumatizing don't bring that up <laughs> no he remembers that he wasn't there there but he said he remembers when i got there i was upset because they had called me and i knew kind of what happened mm -hmm. he goes i just remember i was on lunch at work he said you handed me these noodles because i had like soup and you told me to go sit down in the hallway and eat the noodles <laughs> he remembered that uh -huh. and uh yeah i got into it with the principal at kavanaugh and uh, Michael did not go there anymore. <laughs> she just didn't know what she was dealing with. <laughs> this is them all grown up. I think this is Maya and Mikey at 13 years old. This is like eighth grade right here. Still, yeah. we young as hell. Don't know shit about shit right here in this picture. That's the thing I'm talking about. When you're a young parent and you look back, it's like you think you know it all at the time. And then when you get older, you're like, damn, I didn't know nothing right then. Like we was just the, trying to make it all work. <laughs> the phrase like hindsight is 2020 takes on a new meaning when you're maturing and you're getting experience and you're looking back on things and stuff like that. Like, wow. Retrospect. Just trying to hold it together. Yo. We might just say, which I hate, but I was scared and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he oh, hates those new <laughs> He ate them anyways because he's like, yeah, uh, I'll just go down here. And what else we got down here? Oh, there we go. This is Joe. We're going to introduce you to him, too. This is Josiah. And there's oh, Maya and Mikey baby. right there. So this is the whole family right here. This I think that was Midnight family. Madness. We used to There's a whole story behind this we're going to get into. Oh, yeah, we definitely going to tap in all of that. Like, when we say unique family, yeah, that is super. us. Unique blended family. Yeah. Right there. That's my baby. We right tried to there. take them to Midnight Madness, at Madness every year till they lost interest. Yeah. They came a point where we we realized they're like, this is not fun anymore. So yeah, like there's so many stories behind all this. Like we just giving y'all basically the broad stroke of this or this life, you know, and what we've been through. But there's just so much to this, man, that we got to really put out there and let everybody know. There's so much falsities out there too. When we get to straightening some things out, like where people can hear all sides of the yeah, story. Yeah, and maybe ask a question you've been burning to know. Or right, right, I love right. some, I, I heard. Yeah. I heard, because I love to be truthful, because I'm very transparent. I don't. Yeah. So I we talked about young parenting now. We're going to talk about, so I want to get my dad on here. I'm going to get my dad on the line. Pops, if you're listening, this is my pops right here, Michael Lynn Sr. My dad has been like one of the most influential people in my life, like, period. Like, from my earliest memories has been my pops and everything and all the little crazy stuff that we've been involved with. Even like I said, when I was five years old, I remember one day I'm at, this is one of those, do you remember wins? I'm going to ask him, but my dad used to always tell me to stay out the mailbox. Like don't get in my mailbox. And I don't know why, but it was like, if he told me not to do something, it's like I had to figure out what it was. So he had this VA check cause he was in the army or the military and he had got injured or whatever. So he had his VA check that came once a month. 
the one time that I decided to defy him and go into the damn mail, I go in and pull that damn VA check out and I lost it. Like the wind caught it and it blew away. So all I remember is like I was down the street riding on my hot wheel. Or what was that? What was the uh the big what was the big the one big wheel? The big wheel. I was riding my big wheel and here come my dad running down the, or walking down the street. And I'm just like, yo, I'm about to get murdered right now. I already knew what it was about. I'm five years old right now at this point in time. Heart I just remember stopped that. a little. Yeah, I was like five years old, yo, and I got my ass with that. But I only really got my ass with like literally my dad only with me. Like if he had warned me a thousand times not to do something, and I still did it. You know, and it was more principled than really trying to make me hurt. Although he did have his Jordash belt that had like this little circle on it, and it had like a, it had like a horse. It wasn't a buckle. It was like a it was like a raised leather part. There was like a horse on it, and I can remember like one time he whooped me, and I had that print on my leg. <laughs> like this, I came. I cannot make this stuff up. That belt was like infamous. So that's, I used to hide that belt. Oh my god! But um, if, if you anybody y'all know him probably as Big Mike. Yeah, Big so Mike. better known as Big Mike. Yeah, everybody knows. Posh, man. Yes. He's, cool He's one of the around. the best humans on earth. Yeah. For so real. I'm gonna get my pops on here while I'm doing that. If y'all want to put any questions for him in here, like if y'all have anything y'all want to ask him or talk to Pops while we got him on here, let him know. Um I'm gonna I think I don't think my dad's got Skype video yet. So I'm just gonna bring him up. Yeah, it might just be audio. Call. We'll just keep yeah. his picture up. It'll feel like we're talking I'm gonna face to face with him. Phone call. So here we go. All right. Like somebody's talking about me. What's going on, man? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Um, this Thank is my you. pops, Mike Lynn Sr. Like I said, a lot of people know him as Big Mike, or I call him Pops and and all of that good stuff. So what's going on, man? I just taking it easy, staying safe. I missed you yesterday, so you must have did it right this time and got on got on the right I, way. Well, I invited him. Oh, yeah. The link. Invited. I made sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Been listening to you. So, do you do you remember that story I talked about? No. Um, one thing though, I wish you wouldn't keep saying you're 39 because that makes me look older. <laughs> when I'm telling people I'm 55, it sounds <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, anybody that meets you never knows how old you are. When I, I tell them how old you are, I'm like hell no, your dad ain't that old. You could definitely not pass. that you're that old. You know what I'm saying? Only you really think you're that old. Yeah, yeah. I'm a can you see your picture up there? I pulled it off your Facebook. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, I seen. I figured if you made it your if you made it your profile picture, you didn't mind it being used. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you're doing this show. It gives people an opportunity to voice some thoughts and feelings about uh, this wonderful city of Lansing and what's going on in the world today. <clears throat> I'm sure you're going to get around to that eventually. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff in the world. Yeah, so you've been quarantined now for how long? You came back from Florida, right? Yeah, on the fifteenth of uh, March. <clears throat> so you've been quarantined since. What's that? Thirty, almost fifteen, sixteen days. Yeah, yeah. Too long. Cabin fever feeling is set in a long time ago. But you, <clears throat> but you, but you're healthy though, right? Oh yeah, you still being yeah. able to see or talk to people and watch TV, and you ain't got no choking hazards, so that's all good. <laughs> no, no, um, yeah, it's getting pretty lonesome though. Uh, I look outside and the squirrels are starting to come around. I don't know if that's because I'm nuts, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
So tell what's the, what was it like raising me up, man? Like, what do you remember from me as a kid? You wasn't all that young when you had me. You was 33. So what was it like raising me as a kid or when I was a kid? Well, <clears throat> I got to say that it was one of the best days of my life when you were born. I'd never known anything like it. Um, I do have two older kids that I didn't raise. You're the first child that I seen from day one, from minute one, and raised. So, I mean, you were definitely a change for me, changed my life totally. <clears throat> I realized I had responsibilities, and I tried to take that the best I could and I tried to make the best of it. You know, we had some hard times, but um, I tried to keep that away from you, didn't want to put you through it. But um, we made it, you know, and like you said, we were best friends, you know. Um, above all the friends I had, you were my best friend, and uh, it was wonderful. I remember you, know? you always telling me when I was a kid, like, how your dad used to take you everywhere with you, like, no matter what. And even when I was young, I could be seven years old, eight years old, and you would tell me these stories. I could see myself as you when you were a kid. You know, like, I, I used to think at eight years old, I'd be like, Dang, my dad does the same thing with me. Like, we go everywhere. He takes me everywhere, even places I probably shouldn't have been at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was the same way. Like, I can remember that. You, I remember you used to tell me you used to go to the bar with your dad all the time, and they'd have a root beer and a, and a coney waiting for you when you got there. Yeah, my dad <clears throat> My dad was older, too. He was 45 when I was born. And um, he loved the heck out of me. I grew up as an only child, and I never even realized how much he loved me until after he was gone. But yeah, on Friday nights, he'd come home from work and uh, my mom would fix dinner every night. She wouldn't fix dinner on Friday nights. And Friday nights, we would go to the bar and my dad would meet with his friends, have a couple beers and they'd always have a root beer for me and I'd have a Coney dog. And we'd stay at the bar for a couple hours. We'd go home, we'd watch uh, uh, Dragnet and Friday night boxing, Gillette Friday night boxing. My dad uh, would sit in his easy chair, and I would comb his hair. He had really straight hair, and I loved to brush his hair, and he'd fall asleep, and that was like an every Friday night thing. Uh, Saturday, if he didn't have to work, he'd pick up my friends and take us to the park and play ball with us, show us how to hit a ball and how to catch a ball. On Sunday mornings, um, a lot of times he'd take us to the lake, take us fishing, and he didn't get much fishing in because he'd have five of my friends that didn't know how to put a worm on a hook or nothing. So he spent all his time beating everybody's hooks and stuff and taking the fish off. So, like, but, you know, yeah. something all my friends always remind me of when they think about you. And uh, I, I bet you, I, I don't know if these people are watching now, but Kevin Lee, I don't know, you probably don't remember Kevin, but Kevin Lee can remember this. And a lot of kids I went to Harley Franks with early on can remember when you, when on my birthday, you would bring the limo. And get all the kids yep. from from Bridgeport neighborhood and take us to school. You remember that? Oh yeah, I remember taking you, picking up your friends, and we'd go bowling and so on. Yeah. And I remember I was doing that part time driving a limousine. I remember um, <laughs> I'd get done working in the morning. And I'd take you to school, and all the little kids would run up. It's Mikey. It's Michael. <laughs> you know, and I remember what. One day you said to me, Dad, will you get out and open the door for me? I told you, better get your ass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, them was great times. That's when we lived over off of Bridgeport. Them was some I good days, man. I remember all that. I remember every aspect of that. I remember all the cars. I remember you had, my dad, like, just to introduce, like, my dad a little bit to y'all. Like, he was the first person I ever knew. He's, I shouldn't say that. He's the first person, I think, probably around anybody who had, like, a projection screen TV in the house. You remember that, Dad? 
Yep, it was when they first came out. The projection screen TV, it was huge. It took up a whole room, and the projector was huge, and then it had like a separate thing that projected it onto it. They had three big bulbs in it. I just remember all of that. Then I remember my dad was like, the only, we had that Nissan Maxima. And I remember when you opened the door, it would tell you, door ajar. Or it would tell you, like, you left your lights on. Like, it talked to you. This is like in 89. Maybe not even 80, probably 87. I remember that. Like, Yeah, it was the Maxima. But we just always had some futuristic stuff. I just feel like a lot of that bled off onto me where... I was just going to you know say what I'm that. Saying? Like, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I look for things that are outside of the box. I remember we had an um, alarm clock that would always go off and it would tell you what time it was. And then I remember one time you had that pager. My dad was the first person I ever met with a pager. He had a pager, but it wasn't the type of pager that would um, give you a phone number. It, somebody would leave a message and then it would just, the message would just blurt out. It'd be like, wah, wah, wah. hi, this is Sandy. I'm over such and such and such. Do you remember that, dad? Yeah, I remember it went off when we were in a movie theater one night. Yeah. Why can that be dangerous? <laughs> oh, God. Tell us how that could be dangerous, Dad. It just blurts out. Which <laughs> I think the only closest thing that this world would know about that would be Nextel kind of was the same the way. Chirp, if yeah. you didn't have your chirp on quiet, and it just no matter up. where you was, if yeah. you was somewhere you weren't supposed to be and somebody just decided to blurt in, it was coming with. through. Yeah. Yeah, this didn't really have a quiet mode on it, but it just blurred out. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. And with my life, I really had to be careful of who I was with at the time it blurted out. So let's talk about that. How, <laughs> how comfortable are you talking about that, man? That's your past. I mean, you own it. It's part of my life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how comfortable are you talking about it? Or do you want to you would say that for the next show? I mean, that's a show in right. itself. Doesn't matter. Uh, most people know me, know who I am and who I've always been. Yeah, my dad. So let me just give a little, I'll give you the PG pr pr part of it. Pops was like, I wouldn't say a Rolling Stone. You was more like the, you was like the Hugh Hefner of Lansing as far <laughs> as like having people around. You know what I'm saying? Like our house was always the place where everybody came to play cards. Everybody came to hang out. Um, everybody came to meet other people, poker games, t you know, like spades dominoes it was just like that spot and then obviously my dad being who he was like my dad was mike lynn i mean that was mike lynn senior he was the man he had the lincoln mark eight or mark seven yeah. like my dad always had like two or three beautiful cars we always had the biggest house on the block and he was kind of like the nucleus of all the people around him like they all kind of congregated to your house right yeah <clears throat> so what's like some of your best memories of them times <laughs> it was a good time um you know it was good friends uh people i worked with and it was like a big 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 family everybody knew everybody uh, it was a good place to get together you know you could come over and have a few drinks you could be who you were you could be silly um and everybody knew you for being silly or whatever it was just a good time mm -hmm. and we looked forward to that uh when i worked for the state it was every other uh, payday weekend. Everybody got together. We played cards, dominoes, and would party. And everybody looked forward to that. So, I mean, it was good times. Yeah. No, Same I remember thing. all of those days, the poker parties every other week. I remember being just a little, little kid, you know, going out to Jenny Roop house, playing with them big angry white cats she had out there. And just, I just, I looked forward to that. Like, most kids looked forward to, like, going out and hey, I looked forward to coming with my pops to those poker games and sitting back, watching y'all play, learning the game. 
You know, and then I was eventually able to get into the game when I was yeah. 18 years old. I mean, I might have started a little earlier than that, like 17. When I started to have yeah. my own money, I think. Mm-hmm. I started getting into the games with y'all and busting them up a little bit and getting busted up. So <laughs> now that was all That was all a blast, man. I, I miss those days. They were a blast. I mean, every aspect, good and bad, was fun, man. It was all It was all everything. When you mentioned going to Jenny Roots with those white cats, we were talking about real cats, you know, yeah. so the people know. No, they was huge, big old cats. And the one, it was, they both, this the, is this the messed up part about these two cats. They looked exactly the same. One of them was really nice and one of them was angry as shit. <laughs> so you didn't know. So you didn't know which one was going to bite the hell out of you or if he was going to purr up to you. And I was like, I just, I remember that, man. That cat got He's me a always couple scared. times. Because, you know, I got to pet any yes. animal that's around. That's just my thing. <laughs> so what happened to my dog, Champ, Dad? We can be honest now. Tell me what happened to Champ. No, he, he ran away. I I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> I'll be wondering, man, because I love that damn German Shepherd, man. And one day I let him out. I had let this dog out probably every day for like a, a year. I had just been letting him out in the backyard. He'd go to the bathroom. He'd come back. Then one day he just never came back. I think he got stolen. I just always thought my pops had did something with him. Like he, it, I, was, it was a police dog. It belonged to the police department. That did, he didn't make the grade. He was a pussy, yeah. really. I shouldn't use that word. Yeah. He was scary. That, that was the thing. I figure maybe he's seen a cat and ran like hell, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody picked he him up, thought dog. he was good looking. Well, I'm going to. I'm gonna... Yeah, he was beautiful. Dog. He was beautiful. I'm sure we got a picture somewhere around. Yeah. But so I've been telling you, man, for like the last, I don't know how long I want to share my dad's stories with people, man, because like. I've heard them all already, but there's some of the most interesting stories, man, you'll ever hear. And I know all of them, and I've heard them all. Me and my dad used to, I used to race bikes when I was younger, and we would drive hours and hours and hours away from this, away from Lansing, and we would just talk, me and my dad, or listen to Michael Jackson and listen to music and stuff. But a lot of the time, we would just talk, and he would tell me his stories of growing up and all of that, man. And I'm telling you, like, if I, if we could do a sitcom on this stuff, like, it's just so many stories and great ones that... I can't wait to share with everybody. He does so have we, the best We don't stories. have to get into it all now, Dad. You can figure out what you're comfortable with putting out to the world. Um, but I want to get into some of that stuff, man, and really talk about like what my life was like. And you can just go from whenever you feel like talking about, you know, however far back. But your life is really interesting, man. And, and, and this is a way to memorialize somebody, I believe, even while they're still here. Tell the stories. You know, I don't want them all to be in my head. I want everybody to know them. So. Um, sure. outside of that, man, anything else you want to talk about real quick before we let you go? No, nope, nope. Uh, I'm very proud of you both for taking this step. I'll be paying attention and, uh, love you both. All right. Pop, love, love you, you so much. Say bye to everybody. Bye everybody. All Take right. care. All right. Love you. Be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You as well. All right. That was big Mike. So that was hold on a second. What do we got? So 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 can y'all hear me? All right, so that was Pops, man. Did everybody could everybody hear him good? Could everybody hear us good? I don't know if it, I hope the volume was good on that. It was really a good interview. Can I get a thumbs up if everybody could hear us well and if it came through good? Just one. If it all it sounded possible. like I think people could hear. Look at my my nephew buddies on there. What's up, Drew? just missed guys. all right everybody said they could hear is good all right awesome. perfect so um yeah it's very clear all right so 
this is, I guess, the time point in time we get into some conversation about like what's going on in the world, like what we got cracking. Yeah. We keep calling it the Corona Chronicles because that's what's on everybody's mind. Yeah. That's what's out there. I mean, that's what we're all going through together. So our numbers in Michigan have skyrocketed, yo. Like ridiculous. But well, we knew this was gonna happen. If anybody uh if anybody had been paying attention in the beginning of this thing, you had to know that it was gonna get out of hand. Yeah. Because people wasn't being tested, and then there's that incubation period that can last up to 14 days. So you knew there was going to be a swarm of this. Um, fortunately, though, for anybody who's um, anybody who's paying attention for real, for real, like Lansing is very lucky in the aspect that we're not as clumped in as everybody, all these other cities are. Because yeah. if you look at cities that are clumped in, like Detroit, really I mean, heavily populated, really condensed. Those that's they've been hit so hard. Yeah. Our it's, airport's not that big. We don't have a casino. Yeah. And so our population here in Lansing, I think, is 116,000 people. Um, what does that say? It had the first, yeah, I've seen that. Had the Ingham first County, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. That's sad. Um, and I've seen another report that said that the virus had attacked somebody's somebody's brain. Did you see that? No. I'll have to look that up. But it said Jeez. that it had attacked somebody's brain. And I can't remember the word they used for it, but it was some, it was some word that I'm familiar with, sort of, but... Um, that that's, they, that's the first time that they had seen that that it went into somebody's brain or whatever so and that's the creepy <clears throat> scary thing about it's really unnerving with viruses is because they mutate so they mutate they change they adapt and that's what kind of makes them scary new strains develop because i think i read somewhere there's like seven or eight strains of this or something like that <sighs> man i don't even want to think about that that's i mean there's i mean there's got to be so let's 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 look at the facts the facts are some people no matter how old they are, can get very little, very small sickness, I should say. I don't know. That's better minor. Word. Minor sickness. Yeah. Some people, symptoms. like, can be in the ICU, like, almost immediately. So, I mean, there's obviously this thing is smart enough to know where to navigate in the body to do different damages. I don't know. Yeah. And we just haven't had enough time to, you know, to know about it. That's why I kept getting frustrated when everybody kept saying, oh, it's just like the flu. And I'm like, no, it's not. We know everything about you know the flu yes there might yeah. be different strains whatever well, we but... know that wasn't everybody saying that first of all that was the corona thugs who like are so much we don't care it's not gonna affect us and there's still some of them out there today yeah. and i've seen those guys taking them to the hospital and they whining their eyes out because they can't believe it happened to them um so i don't believe people believe that it's anything like the flu they just think it ain't gonna happen to them just like people did with hiv it'll never happen to me so everybody was out here still raw dogging yeah. not caring about it you know, so at the end of the day, it's just one of those things. Now, this is why this is so different. It don't take five years from you to die from this. It's immediate. You know, like it's damn near. And you think of the grass, the the span of time. This is an immediate thing. Yeah. Um, Kamisha asked about what do we feel about the mask issue? This is what I'll tell you about that. As a first responder, somebody who I've been fitted for the N95s. I understand what they do. I understand um, how they work with the N95s. If you can get your hands on one, wear it. I don't care. Like period, point blank. Wear the N95, the why wouldn't you? I could sneeze right now, turn a corner, and you could walk through my sneeze and never knew you did. So if you have something that can filter that out, hell, go for it. Um, outside of that, the regular surgical masks, they don't do so much for you as far as filtering like air out, but isn't that better than just dry it? Just the straight straight air from somebody's mouth in your mouth or in your face. So and then also it keeps it in. And if you think about it, if everybody walked around wearing N95s and everybody walked around wearing those surgical masks, we wouldn't have the spread the way we do. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
they're saying that, and this is why you always got to take everything that they say with a grain of salt. They're saying that because they don't want the general public of 300 and something million people to go out here and try to scavenge for these masks because then they're not going to be any for the people who are the first responders in here. Yeah. So that's why they're saying that. But that doesn't mean that it's not good. It's just like when they keep talking about this, um, what's the hydro... What's it called? Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. That it, it, it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. Well, there's all these these all these scientific facts that it's been working on people. Like it, people have been using it along with the Z pack and it's been working. But they'll tell you, well, we don't know this about it. We don't know that because they don't want a mad run on it, yo. Like plain and simple. But I guarantee you, if Donald Trump was to catch the coronavirus, they'd be pumping his ass full of that. <laughs> immediately in and, it's, and it's really just about like human nature and how we just act about everything it's like everybody has to rush to to hoard and panic buy and then that creates problems in itself i actually just i commented on i don't comment a whole lot on facebook but somebody was talking about being upset with governor whitmer because she had come out and threatened um doctors that were you know using and they're like why would she do that and she's you know just bashing her about this and so i jumped on to clarify because um hydroxychloroquine is a medication that's actually used to treat um rheumatoid arthritis it's used to treat autoimmune diseases lupus it's actually a medication that i've been on since 2015 it's a very important drug for many of us and i happen to know because i researched it that what she was really trying to avoid is the panic buying the hoarding um, making sure that that wasn't happening because reports were coming in that like dentists, doctors were, you know, prescribing three month supplies for like their people, their, their family and things like that to hoard the medication just in case you can't have that when you have people that are taking that to avoid organs being damaged or attacked or being in the hospital and things like that. So I was talking and somebody was like, you know, thank you for enlightening me. I didn't know that. Now I actually read the letter she wrote. And I'm like, hold on. So you were commenting this whole time and you hadn't even read what yo, she actually said. How many people do that, though? Yo? Like, <laughs> everybody like... sees like the the, the, the the big post that comes on Facebook and they just read the caption and then they get the comment. Like, ready to let Ready, ready to, to kill fight. somebody over this and haven't even read the damn thing. I'm yo. a reader. I always read. I, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Like if I see something, I'm like, you know what? How dare they? I didn't read none of it. I just seen the headline. I'm in the too. corner, like reading furiously. Like then Erica always asks like, have you read that yet? And I'm like, <laughs> no, but you see what the headline said. That's all I need to know. Like they captioned it all for me. Like, like whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the whole synopsis right there. Why do I need to read the whole thing? So, I mean, we're all guilty of it probably at one point or another. Context is important. I've learned that. What's up, Matt? I see Matt's on. Matt Brown is on. On. that's my man with the realty we gotta bring him on here to talk about some of that because that's important y'all need to know because right now i'm sure the housing market is gonna get crazy i don't know what it's doing right now but i'm sure it's gonna get crazy at some point absolutely we um, got oh mary lou's on hey mary lou got mary brenda lou, social justice warrior with yes us. social yeah. justice warrior because francis on and Cuz Francis, cool. Jimmy's on. Oh, Kent Booth. Oh, Yimmy. If you need a car, Feldman Chevrolet. Kent Booth is your man. Oh, Yimmy's on there. Yimmy's on. <laughs> Yimmy. Yimmy, Stop. Yimmy, Yimmy, Yimmy. Hey, Marisa. She's on. Mom, Sharon. Hey, Sharon. Just let me know. Mom in the house. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, um. The people that listen to respond and not understand. Yes. That's yeah. absolutely. I call it like playing jump rope. You know how we used to play double dutch and you What's were waiting up, to Rand? jump in? That's how people yeah, listen. I believe like most people do that, yo. Like, even if we are conscious of it and woke to the fact that we do it, we still do. No, like, everybody I'm wants to be, everybody wants to be, make their point heard and concerns heard, man. Like, it's just a human nature thing, yo. Yeah, it's hard. And you, it's, but it's hard to have a productive conversation, but 
I think it's just, it's human nature. You want to respond so badly. But the problem with that is if you're doing the jump rope thing, you're not really, you're am, hearing the words, but you're not listening. I'm responding to myself. The conversation ain't with you. It's with me. I'm having a conversation. I'm so figuring this out, why we be- <laughs> I'm figuring out if what I'm saying is right or not while I'm saying it. <laughs> so then I'm- once I figured out and I'm sure of it, then I'm going to go hard on it right then. That's how it goes. <laughs> and I'm like, did you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Yes. I did, but they were just for me to formulate my comeback. <laughs> it wasn't really like I wanted to figure out what you were saying and meant anything. I mean, everybody does it, yo. Like everybody goes in their little head and you know, and this is like fact. this is like another part of raising my son, yo. Raising him, I argue with this dude like we brothers on a lot of things and then he'll come to me later and be like, "Dad, you know what? You right about that one." I mean, months later or whatever the case is, sometimes years later, we'll get to the bottom of something. He's like, you know what? You was right about that. But I just try to save him from a lot of the heartaches I went through as a youngster, man. Like when I get to talking about what I went through as a youngster, it's like it's unbelievable that I'm in the position I'm in today because I went through a lot. Like I made a lot of bad mistakes. My cousin always tell me he caught he fell into every trap that was that was shown to him, like every trap that's out here for a young black man. He fell for and I, I never thought about that that way until he said that. And I was like, damn, he started naming them off. Like, I had a baby young. I had this. I got a felony young. All these traps that are set out here for us to to fall into. He was like, man, I fell into every single one of them. And I was like, wow, yo, that's real, man. It is. It's a real, real conversation. So I've been trying to hold him from my sons, you know, like my kids from going through those things that I went through. And I think when you're so when you're closer in age to your kids, too, because there's, you know, sometimes when when parents are older, you see an opposite effect. So you see that disconnect where they're not as much on social media. They don't really know what's going on, you know, in the world or whatever the case may be. When you're that, you know, close in age to your kids, it's like it wasn't that long ago that I was having those thoughts and those questions and doing that dumb shit. Like we were just there. So it's fresh. Me and Mikey just got to the age now where he'd be telling me like, dad, you remember that one time when I walked in the house and I threw up? I swear this is the conversation we just had the other day. He was like, but he was telling me like, dad, you like, like, you remember that one time when I came in, it was New Year's Eve, 2000 something, something. And I came in, I went immediately to the bathroom and threw up. And I was like, I was like, no, nah, I don't really remember that. He's like, I swear I wasn't drunk. I really was just sick to my stomach. Like, I'm just like, Mike, you know what? It's all good, man. Like he did a really good job of hiding it from us. Yo. Like that's all you can really ask of your kids. Like seriously. Just don't try to throw it in my face. And that's like the new wave now. It's like yeah. they, every kid wants their okay parent with to it. be okay with them smoking weed, getting drunk, and having sex at a young age. Like, we're never going to be okay with that. But every kid did it. Every person did it when they was young. Everybody drank when they was 15, 16. I mean, most people did. Most people had their first cigarette at 15, you know, yeah. tried all of these things out. But I didn't come home and put it put it in my face. Put it in your face. face and expect you to be okay yeah. with it. And, like, want them. And so, like, I remember the age when Michael started wanting to do things his other friends were. Being at Lansing Catholic, there was a whole lot of things his friends was able to do with their parents that ours wasn't, you know. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I had to keep shooting it down. Like, no, nah, dude, you're it's not hard. a way to do that. You know? Yeah, like, it's hard. And for me, it was really about getting him to a certain point in life. Like, for me, yeah. it was really about, like, how can I get him to succeed Get out of high school, get off the college. Cause now, like Mikey's twenty years old. If Mikey wants to have a beer or 
you know, smoke a L or whatever he does, that's him. That's on him, yo. Like he living his life. I got him through to the stage that I need to get him through. We still got boundaries on certain things, but certain things I don't I don't press, you know. But that's because of the respect factor and the, and the way that he hid yeah. so much of what he was doing from us. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the thing I think as like a as a family as parents, we never like Jimmy we never said, I still haven't had a cigarette. <laughs> That don't make you better, bro. <laughs> the thing about, that I would say about this, and this is something I always, I've had this conversation so many times with people and it's gotten heated and sometimes we feel each other, sometimes we don't, but I've never expected perfection from my kids. I think that, I think that's ridiculous to expect. There's no such thing as your kids being perfect. Your kids are going to make, you know, poor decisions. They're young. You, I mean, there's things that we expect as of children that we don't even hold our own selves as adults that standard to. So it's not that it's not perfection that you're looking to achieve, but there's always a boundary. So I always just tell people like this. I'm not saying he's not doing it. He's not going to do it. But what I am saying is I'm making it hard on him. You make it hard on your kids to do bad things. If you don't make it hard on your kids, those boundaries get blurred. And then, you know, as they get older, it's harder and harder for them to take in boundaries that are just normal life things. Everything about life, there's boundaries. You can't just show up to work, you know, high as hell, smelling like weed, you know, even now that it's legal, you still can't, you know, these are things you can't show up later, do all these things. You can't be drunk here. You have to learn some type of um, respect. You know, you have to learn boundaries. You got to learn some type of self-control. That's the relationship I feel like we were really trying to have with him. Because I said, well, you know, my kid's going to do it anyways. Why not do it in my basement? Because mm. you're her, their mother. Yeah. You're her, you're their, you're her parent. You're not her friend, you know? And I know that's a joke. Like, I'm not one of your little friends. And Mikey would probably laugh because he always sends me, he sends me stuff like, this is so you. That was me. I'm not one of your little friends, and I'll never be one but of your friends. But they never, Mikey never tested us no, with that. No, not like, like that. Mikey no. never tested us with that. Mm-mm. Like, re- real talk, like, I told Michael the other day when we was talking about this, I was like, yo, you did a perfect job of hiding this stuff from me. That you were and, supposed and, to. And I always just thought you were my, you were like my little quarterback in shining armor. Like, that's all. I, like, could nobody tell me Mikey did nothing wrong? Like, I wasn't oblivious or stupid, but I just was like, Mikey wouldn't do that. Like, he's too focused on this or he's too focused on that. And for a lot of his life, he was. But as he started getting to that age, like 16, 17, 18, I'm sure he started to try little things here and there like everybody does. You know, but he he did a good job of keeping that out of our house. You know, so like a couple things about what you're talking about, about um, being the friend with your kids. Like, that really, I really had a big deal with that. Like, I had a real problem with like, any type of, I felt, I always felt like if you let a kid say, this is how kids test things. And I used to, when I was a kid, they'll say hell around you. And then if you don't say anything, they'll start using it more. And then they'll start adding the F word in, or they'll start saying damn every time something happens to them. And then next thing you know, you got a kid that's full blown cussing. It's like that with everything. If you, if they, if you smell a cigarette on a breath and you don't say nothing, they're going to know you smelled it. And then they're they're gonna push that limit all the time. So I probably went a little overboard and not allowing him to get away with anything, so that he didn't ever think he could gain another inch or gain another inch. So I went overboard. And this is another thing when I say like in hindsight, I realized I probably didn't have to be that hard. Like my cousin Jimmy told me one time, he was like, "Yo, you're not gonna be able to protect Mikey from everything. The only things you need to be trying to protect him from are things that can kill him or mess his life up forever." And now, and now that was in, I think, ninth yeah. grade. We was coaching that Sexton. He told Good me that. Advice. And I was like, man, because I think I had got involved with him and a couple of the boys was arguing and they was trying to like, they was trying to team up a little bit because Mikey, you know, I don't know, it had something to do with a helmet or something. 
and I got involved with these little dudes that I had been coaching for years. And I was like, yo, why y'all trying to play? You know, so I got involved and he was like, man, you got to let them kids handle it. You ain't got to be in every battle with him. Let let him deal with that. Anything you, the only time you really need to get involved is something that's going to hurt him, you know, or, you know, or he's going to be hurt for the rest of his life. And I had to, I had to sit mm -hmm. back and chew that like, wow, you know, that's a lot of good information right there. So again, I didn't have to take every inch that I did all the time. I could have probably given a little more. He probably would have never tested it. I think for me, a big part of it is just them knowing like it's, I always had said this to him and I still say it now to him like it's it's okay to mess up it's okay to make a mistake like nothing's ever irreparable you just have to be honest about it talk about it like stuff is gonna happen you're gonna get grounded you're gonna get in trouble like I remember he snuck kids in the house when they was younger you oh know and, and <laughs> I mean this was like the number one rule in our house when they got to the age to be able to stay alone is there's nobody allowed at the house when we're not home and it wasn't even that long of a time period and I found out that it had been happening and it had happened more than once. And um, so he had something important and special coming up. He was going to go on a trip with somebody and he was packed or whatever. And it was, was a no go. On, he was going on a Titans trip. He was leaving with, I think it was either Alan. It was Alan or, or um, Alan or Doc. One of those two, he was going on a Titans trip to Indiana. And Mikey never went on these trips with anybody because he always had other stuff going on. And he didn't play for the Titans. So he was, like, so excited about this. And I was like, babe, just don't, you know, you ain't got to really press. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime situation. He about to go and just be a spectator. But for me, it was like, it was one of those rules that it was, like, the number one rule. We had talked about it. We had, it like, there, it was just. You could let that dude go. <laughs> I felt so terrible. I, I wish let him go. comment on that right now. How <laughs> bad that and he cried, begged not not to have be punished right there. But yeah, man, it is what it is. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I I think as far as punishments go, we we took an approach of trying to talk more than like you oh know, yeah, I did way too it. much of that. You know, like trying to get a five year or a ten year old to understand my <laughs> perspective on how damaging or dangerous this can be. We had hour-long conversations that ended up turning into fights most times because he was never going to understand that. Michael was way too young to get and understand the things that, you know, that we understood about it. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was kind of like, you know, they're too young. That brain is not going to understand, you know, what we're trying to get through right now. So it's like a cause and effect, you know. You broke a rule. This is what happens. And it's one of those rules that it's bigger than just that little rule. That There was a reason why. So it can't happen again. So... Right. So Kareem said children would tend to have a lack of respect for their parents when the parents themselves are not examples of what they're trying to instill. That's a fact. That is a fact. Yo, a lot of parents do to do as I say, not as I do. And we all know that don't work. Period. Point blank. If you are out blowing up, getting high, drunk all the time and your kids, this one thing we didn't do growing up, like even as young as we were, we never partied at the house with our kids there like ever. And so we would always like find a babysitter or we would go to other people's place and, you know, whatever the case is. But we didn't do a lot of that. Like Mikey and Maya didn't know too much about like what we was our adult life. In. Yeah. Like yeah. outside of that, like most of my friends didn't have real relationships with my kids. Like I shouldn't say that my drinking buddies didn't have real relationships. like party. My real friends with. did. But my, my drinking buddies or whatever didn't have relationships with my kids because, you know, we just kept them away from all of that. So it was. It was, it was, it was trying at that young age, you know, we had at a very young age, houses, cars, backyards, everything we saw. I and mean, we had all the things that you would want to have a big party in, but we just didn't do it a lot at our house because of that, that fact, you know, we try to keep that away.
Yeah, exactly. And Dr. Buchanan, she said, be parents, not friends. That's important because a lot of people take that and they're like, no, you have to be friends with your kids. You have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's not entirely true. You don't have to be friends with your kids. You you have to have an open, honest, communicative relationship with them so they trust you. Some, but you don't have to be their friend because when you take it to the friend level, that's really hard to come back that's off. That's when of. you got to fight them. Yeah. Actually, that's really <laughs> that, then I have Then I have a, a 13, 14-year-old, you know, when dad's not home bossing up, I mean, he's bigger than me at this point. That's what I wasn't going to ever have, you know. It, something that always stuck with me when I was younger you know, teenager, whatever. My dad used to say it always make me laugh, but I started saying it to my kids is if you can't be good, be careful. <laughs> and that's some real that's real and right the there. First chance she had to be careful she wasn't <laughs> here Mikey Chung Long. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> pop pow. Good Lord. Anyway. But you know what? That was the best thing that could happen to me personally. That you know everything happens life. for a reason. Period. Yeah, I'd definitely be I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for him, man. Like that definitely changed my life, man. Gave me something to live for. For sure. Um. So, yeah, that's what it is. Walt, yes, well, relationship, not a friendship. Absolutely. Perfect. Walt is, I, I think he did pity me as somebody who raised him yep. right, man. He, he got two boys that's doing their thing, stayed out of trouble, you know, stayed in sports. And that's one thing that's, that's like, um, very, very powerful is sports, you know. Like, if don't nobody understand, like, when you press a kid to play a sport, it's not for, like, everybody's like, oh, dad just want to live his dreams out for your kid. It really ain't that. And I can tell y'all what my ammo was completely, what my agenda was with my son. On Saturday nights when kids was out breaking in stuff and being ridiculous and stupid, Mikey was at a football camp or he was at in bed waiting to go to the football camp in the morning or seven on seven. So I, that, I used that as a way to keep him out of trouble a lot of the times, man. Like I could always say that was an excuse for something. Dad, can I go over to this kid's house who I didn't really want him around or I knew that kid had way too much freedom? I'm like, don't you got football in the morning? Yeah. Okay, well, then you can't go over nobody's house and stay the night. Like, that was like, it was a way of keeping him out of the way, yo. And anybody can say what they want to say, but obviously it worked. You know what I'm saying? He's and I think that, yeah, that goes for any kind of extracurricular, you know, things that take time and take effort and take some dedication. It does help because right now we are fighting a battle, you know, and, and we're losing these kids now because... There's, you know, there's somewhat of, yes, talk to your kids, let them make decisions. You want them to grow for sure in certain areas, but there's a lot of the life that you do need to structure for them because they don't know what's best for them. How can they? I didn't know what was best for me. I know what was best for me then. Now, now that I'm, you know, 37 years old back then, I didn't know. I didn't know what I needed or what was good for me at that time. So if you know better then you should make sure that you hold them accountable to to do better, be better, and not try to, you know, not have your... It was something that was always, especially with young parents that I see a lot, is they don't want their kids mad at them, and they don't want their kids to be upset with them. They, they want so badly to be friends with their kids because that's the relationship. You can have a good relationship with your kids without necessarily being their, their best friend, you yeah, know? absolutely, especially and, when you find something common that, that you both love and that you both care yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, so like with Mikey, like we had a common love for sports. I mean, Mikey loved baseball. He loved basketball, loved football. Um, I mean, he loved all those sports. So I loved them all as well. So it's something that we found time to do together. And a lot of our relationship hinged on that. So like to say about that, um, and this is like a little inside of our lives now, I was really worried about that. Like Mikey doesn't play football anymore. He went up to college, did the thing and realized he just wants to go ahead and focus on his schooling, which he's doing. Um, and I was, I was like, I was really like 
put back by that. I'm like, damn, man, like we worked hard to get you up here. We worked hard to do this. And you worked really hard to get here. Like just, you know, it was like I was. And then on top of that aspect, I was I was worried about our relationship because our relationship so much hinged on that. It, the time that we spent together was around football. The conversations was about what's next or which coach is calling or if he wants to play for this team or how seven on seven. It was always about football from the aspect of coach son and our coach kid. And then, you know, even dad son was about football. So I was nervous. Like, how is our relationship going to be? How, like, how are our conversations going to be? But I'm here to tell y'all, yo, like me and my son's relationship is a thousand times better than it ever was because football from that perspective is out of the way. I no longer have to talk to him about like the do's and don'ts. Like you don't want to do that because a coach might see it or you don't have to. So it's more or less like we talk about football from fan perspective. Like we're both fans of the game. And then we don't really even talk about football when we talk now. It's more or less about life and just, you know, we both have a, we found other things we're both interested in. Um, one very recently we just found that we're interested in is um, shooting. We both like, I like to shoot. I take guns to the range. I've taken him to the, to the range. It's something he's really like, you know, gotten into wanting to look into or whatever the case is. So um, we had talked about that, you know, and that's something that we've both found that we are extremely interested in. So it's just like, you'll find, man, like I said, you're going to have all these different kids. Even if you're just raising one, you're going to have all these different kids throughout that process. And you're going to learn them again and again and again and again. You're going to miss certain parts of it. Like I miss 14 year old Mikey. You know what I'm saying? I miss 12 year old Mikey. But I'm in love with 20-year-old Mikey the same way I was with them back then. I just I was just blessed to be able to, you know, see him at these ages and go through it. So um, it I, is different, though, yo. Like, it's definitely a different situation, man. I, I can remember being, like, uh, grown probably in my mid-20s. And I very distinctly remember my mom telling me that, you know, she – missed me so much I, I missed you kids being at home and you know I miss stuff you Mia like... <laughs> Mia Esme my, Esme. Mom, my mom is a Mexican lady named Esmeralda <laughs> just so y'all know what's but... your dad name <laughs> it's Hector Hector <laughs> Hector and Esme I love them both they're but, my, they're my, uh, my, my mother and father-in-law they awesome. but my mom had said like I miss you guys so much being here and being kids and blah 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 and like I, I got it but I was just kind of like it, it kind of just you know went over my head and I was like oh mom but I see you all the time you know and blah 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 it wasn't until like very recently I shouldn't say that it's been like two years that I've been feeling like this but when my heart was broken when Mikey went off to college that I understood and I still understand now like you never stop like missing your kids. You never stop like being a parent. You never stop wanting the round. And like everybody's like, oh my gosh, you guys don't have kids. It's wonderful. It's great. And blah, blah, blah. And me and Mike are like, what do we do? Yo, like, what do we do our, with ourselves? Our whole adult life, we've been raising, raising kids. Kids, yo. And now it's like, we got this crib over here. We didn't move down to one bedroom. And you're just living, yo. Like, and it I find myself great. sometimes getting really like, dang, what the hell? Would... It's like Saturday midday. I'm like, yo, what would we be doing right? We'd be at a football thing. We'd be doing seven <laughs> on seven or like taking them someplace or doing something, yo. So, That's like, your us, life yeah. changes when you grow up with your kid and then they leave off and go to college and they don't want to call no more. You can't even text them. He won't even play the game. I remember I used to whoop Mikey ass in the game. He won't even play the game with me no more because. I'm not good enough. <laughs> so like modern warfare, like I just went on, bought a headset. We're all quarantined in the house and I want to play my son. 
with my son, both of my sons. Josiah I was gonna say too. my stepson's all, better too. All my my both my sons and my uh, nephews all play together, but they won't let Uncle Mike or Dad in the room because I suck. That's the life. <laughs> my dad told me that like when I was a little kid. Again, I told you we used to take trips and we listen to music, and one of them was um, cat and cats in the cradle. The cat's in the cradle in the silver spoon. Mm-hmm. Little boy blue in the ma- and he's talking about like basically at some point in time in your life, yo, like this the role's gonna change. You're either not gonna have enough time for them or they're not gonna have enough time for you. So I was just like thinking about that. Like I always had time for Mikey. I'm not it's not what I'm saying, but it's affecting me that he may not have as much time for me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like I And spent we try to so respect much, that, you know? Yeah, but, of course. But, but I spent so much of my life like that was what I did was hanging out with him or doing things with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then now I don't have that. And he's all the way there, you know, so it's a little bit and, different. And when we say like, you know, cause people dream of that day. Like when your kids move out, it's like, Oh, they turned 18. Oh, get out, go, you know, you're an adult now, you, ain't, you know, get the hell up out of here. And it was just, it was so different for us. We weren't really like that type of household. We were, we, we've been waiting for the kids to, you know, I think so, much of our time and so much of our happiness and like our pastime was wrapped up in our family because we had you know all of our kids my stepkids Mikey we they were involved in extracurricular stuff they played sports Maya did cheerleading you know anything they had going on in school you know craft shows art shows their friends like it was just everything we did we took them to the parks taking the lakes going you know up north for the weekend and so when when they're all grown up it's like Okay, what are we supposed to do with ourselves now? What do we do with that life? Um, what does Kareem say? Okay, so Kareem says kids also need to know that they won't be physically or verbally abuse them for open, uh, open uh, for being open with you about bad choice they make. And then how do I feel about whippings? So I think that <laughs> I got whippings as a kid. Mike didn't whoop. I got whoopings as a kid, but I only gave Mikey one whooping his whole life, and I never gave Joe or Maya any spankings. Although Maya got real close to catching one once because she tried to stand up, and like she was like fourteen, she was at that age, and she decided she was gonna fight me. But um, <laughs> not that she did that all because Maya no, was a great kid. She, like, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. But um, she was just at that age, you know, yeah. testing. So whoopings though, I don't really condone. I mean, people can whoop if they feel like they need to. I didn't never feel like I needed to whoop mine. My son was scared. My kids were scared to death of me just raising my voice, you know, and I think that's that's where I went wrong a lot of the times is that I would take those conversations of those those reprimands that I thought was better than whooping a kid. And I would take those a little too far sometimes um, and may have said things that I didn't mean at the time out of anger or I may have said things that I thought they could understand that it was coming from a place of love, but they didn't really get that. Um, So. I wasn't always, like I said, I wasn't always perfect in how I dealt with them um, on a lot of levels. Now that I'm older, I can see where I may have been wrong in this aspect or wrong in that aspect. And I think the best advice I could give anybody when dealing with your kid verbally is just remember that they're a human being. A lot of times we forget and we think these kids just are kids. They don't know shit. They do. Think about when you was 12 years old. Like You had a full mind of your own. Like you had your own emotions, you thought things out, you knew how things were going. Yeah. So I would just say that, that to pay attention to that when you get to talking to a kid about something that you're upset about, sometimes a whooping might even be better than a conversation sometimes if it I, goes I, wrong. I spanked a few times, I did. Yeah, I, Erica uh, was like the whooper. I, <laughs> I wasn't just like the whooper, but I did spank in a, a few distinct times where like uh, when they're real little, I don't believe in that. I think that when they're really young, they don't understand 
the why. And if you can't have a conversation about something, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, I do remember one whooping he got when he was kind of young. We didn't have a conversation, but it was like a safety issue. And it was because he liked to dart out, like dart out in the street or dart out into something. It was really dangerous. And one time that happened. And um, yeah, I whooped, I whooped his ass right on the sidewalk because I, I was scared. And for me, that overtook everything of like having a conversation and everybody feeling good about things. I needed him to know and to understand. And even, you know, wrongly so associate that moment with never doing that again, because if it saved his life, then I was okay with that. Um, spankings. I mean, I don't down people that, that whoop. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've popped Michael a couple of times, but it, I'm, I'm a female. It's a little bit different. So the dynamics always going to be a little bit different. And I'm a, I was always coming from a place of knowing that there's going to come a time where I'm not that parent that's a wait till your dad gets home. Wait till I'm going to tell your dad, like, he's not always going to be physically present. He's got to work. He's got to do this or whatever. And I don't need my 14-year-old son, you know, bossing up on me. And one thing I will say, Michael never, 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 ever did that. So I think with the capital punishment thing, we didn't really have to go that route too often, but I don't. What I to have each it, his own, yo. Yeah. Basically, like if you feel like you need to do that with yours, do it. Yo. But what I would say on that though is, don't take it too far. There, I I see it, and I might be like, don't. No, nah, whoop busy, that you ass know? all the way up and down. No, if your was, kid bad enough to need that ass whooping, he needs it. And no. I want to see it happen too. Because more you're talking about them older them kids, badass kids, man, them <laughs> badass kids, and I'd be like, ooh, I wish I could whoop your so ass. So this is something that I hate, and this will this is probably gonna get me in trouble because nobody likes a, a Karen. But, it, you know, I'm not so I'm a, I'm the mind my own business queen. But something that always irritates me is when I see parents verbally or physically abusing small kids that are too little to understand. Yeah. That's something that makes me want to, like, physically abuse that person. Yeah, I see no, that no. really. It's, I don't know if it's like a new phenomenon, but I see it a lot where it's like a two year old. Commissioner said a lot of kids need them. I know I see them all the time. <laughs> Every time I go to Family Dollar, I see a bunch of kids. I want to whoop their little ass. <laughs> hey. Speaking of that, I was at I was at Dollar General on Cedar Street the other day, and I had my whole mask on like I always do, and I had my gloves on. I'm standing in line, and these six kids come in of all different races, right? And this one little kid see me with he was like, "I need me a mask." Then the other kid was like, "Why?" He starts coughing at my back, like loud, like like trying to make a make a scene with it. Like what? Like I was like, yo, see that kid needs an ass whooping. I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm like that's the type of kid. Yeah, that dude needs his ass beat. Yo, I shouldn't say beat. I'm sorry. Let me let me stop before we got whooping ass whooping. I mean, before it's, it's we a get CPS I, over I, here, no, we, that's, that's a whole other story. story. But, um, story. No, nah, they do need their ass whooped. Y'all like real but talk. But I'm not talking about kids that are to the age where they should definitely know better. You know, I, I, I you know, no, them kids is like 12 years old. That's oh, that yeah. whooping age. That's that when is. you can wrap their hand up like this. <laughs> And walk their ass in a corner in a circle <laughs> and whoop their little ass. Yeah, that's the that's the age they needed. When they little little kids, oh, they get yeah. scared. They get all worried when you just say something wrong. That's the age I'm talking about. Yeah. So any spankings I doled out, you at the age where in disrespect, like you, I need you to understand. Like I'm not gonna beat you. I'm not, you know, that's not like close beating your kids or whatever. But a spanking is a spanking, and they need to know that it's coming when they act out. That's yeah. really what it is. You gonna get a spanking today? Oh, yeah. that happened at school today. Well, what four o'clock. <laughs> We don't teach people enough about child development, so they didn't. They don't know what is reasonable to expect. Uh, think little kids are doing things on purpose. No, that's a fact. That's yeah, what that's I'm saying. Fact. That's exactly. And it, see, when I bring Dr. Buchanan on, she's gonna be able to talk on these things for some of y'all out here who may not understand these things. Because I'm starting to seeing her, I'm learning more about life 
like she's a more I, I guess she's like a life coach for me too on a lot of aspects because I'm learning so much more about that aspect. But we that's do, we a, think they do things on purpose, exactly. and they're just little kids. They don't be knowing no better. And the thing is, sometimes, is that, sometimes they do. But. Sometimes they do or they don't. But then it goes back to the reasoning part and the maturity part and the experience part. Like getting angry at you know kids doing something that is just so natural to a kid. Kids that cannot see past like right now. And so you're like upset and you take it personally. And the kid really is just seeing in that moment. They can't think three steps ahead. So that's kind of what I have issues with when parents I see that are aggravated with their kids. They seem bothered. They seem like their kids are a nuisance to them. They, you know, that's what I, I, I can kind of sense those dynamics. And I hate that because so I never Kareem, felt that. Kareem said, and I agree with this in a way. The whipping doesn't teach it's meant to instill a fear for receiving a certain level of punishment. So do y'all teach why y'all whip? I, I don't. Everybody does. Everybody say, you better not ever do that shit. I swear to God. So, so everybody does that when they spank. I've only spanked Mikey I was about to say, I, I love that he's talking about it. Kids, he, yeah. so. And I won't, it was only a few times, but yeah, conversation yeah, has to happen. I don't. We don't really. I, I really did a lot of tongue lashing growing up. And this and is the reason why I did that. Cause I didn't, I did like, I wanted him to understand why he shouldn't do something or why it was dangerous because I felt like if I just, if I just told him don't ever do it again and I spanked him or whatever the case is, he may not understand how vital it is not to do that again. So then it could be trouble. I was always thinking of it from that and perspective. And I'm coming in telling him like, he still doesn't understand. He still doesn't see your perspective and he still might not agree with you. Cause I just feel like their brains just aren't developed enough to really understand that. We're right seeing now, it now yeah. with these Corona kids out here. Yeah. We could talk to Corona kids all day, every day. And they don't understand until it's like the ramifications of their actions really hit them and they're sick or they, one of their family members is sick. So I'm realizing that now though, like everybody, when I was that age, I was I was fearless. I had nothing could kill me, nothing could hurt me. So everybody like has to get a taste of their own mortality before they start to realize that things are really dangerous out here. So and little I, kids probably never get to that point. That's true. I do want to voice a situation that happened, and I'm trying to remember how old Michael was. So it was West Side. So definitely, it was it was high school probably. Ninth grade. Yeah. So it was ninth grade, and a situation happened where he had quote unquote snuck out. And it wasn't really that late, really, but I had fallen asleep a little bit early. And they snuck out to walk down the street to meet this little girl. Just meet her in front of their house. Like, I looked at the text messages and read through them to see, you know, because I'm, I'm like, no, I'm going to substantiate what was really going on here. Um, but The same reason guys what, <laughs> always go out the house. Exactly. They, 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 they Went to trip. meet some little girl. Um, Starts at a young age. Him and a, him and a friend. But um, the police were going by and seen them. And they were out past curfew because they were young. So the police brought them home. No, they and, ran. <clears throat> well, not necessarily ran. They didn't run from the police, but like ran around the yard, when hid behind a tree, them, or whatever. When they seen the police officer. They took off running. Yep, and hid behind like a tree in a bush he didn't or whatever. Say like stop or I'm gonna shoot or nope. nothing. And then they ran. But yeah. so point of the story though, the main the main reason I'm Dang, talking about this. Frustrated, you popped at the mic. My bad. So the main reason I wanted this to talk about get, that is because so when he brought the kids the the boys home. I wanted, I wanted to whoop him. I literally wanted to whoop his ass. I was so upset because I was scared because this was at that time where there was a little bit of that level is where Michael had started to look like a man. He started to look like a young man. And if you've seen Michael, Michael looks like a young black man. And I was really afraid and everything inside of me was so upset and, and shaking at it. I wanted to whoop him, you know, but that was the day I had a conversation. 
I ended up not whooping him. I sat him down in the kitchen after sending the kid home or whatever. And I think now I'm glad that I didn't go off and just be angry. The police brought you home and this and that because I ended up being able to have a very important conversation to, you know, with him about why it was so important of what he did and why it was wrong and how. And that was kind of the conversation of you can never, ever, ever, ever in your life. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what is going on ever in life. Run from a, a police officer. And, you know, that was a huge turning point for me because he was so young. He was still my baby. But I was looking at him, you know, with the police officer. And it just so happened the police officer was super nice. But it was a white police officer. And that whole dynamic just scared the shit out of me. And I, I just it was rough. I, I was crying. And I, I think that conversation, me and how I reacted, because I was terrified. I was shaking. I told him, you can never, ever do that again. I didn't even care about meeting the girl. What I would deal with that later. But these are things that can happen. So what people if I would have just whooped him, they would have just been over with. Like you weren't going to whoop him anyway. He's 14 <laughs> years old. This dude had been working out for five years straight. This dude like 170 pounds, five foot ten. Yep. You weren't going to whoop him anyway. But anyways, though, yep. what's important to know about that situation and why it affected her so powerfully is you went through AJ dying with me. Mm-hmm. So like yep. she was she went through when I was 17, 18 years old. Um, some of y'all know that Aldrick McKinstry was one of my best friends and me and my buddy Juan was actually out there when he was killed by the police. So she went and it didn't happen in front of us, but we were there. We all were there at the same time. And I'll talk about that situation another time. But, um, so she went through that. Me and her, I just got together. She had just met AJ and we had went out to AJ house to just hang out and, and chill, whatever the case is. And she got the phone call from me, you know, like that next day that AJ got killed. So she went through that process. So. When people ask, like, why it's important to us or, like, why we get involved or why Mikey took a knee, like, we've been living this our whole life. This isn't nothing that just came up because Colin Kaepernick decided to talk about it. This was something we really literally have been, I've been dealing with, like, my whole life, like, dealing with the police since I was a little, little kid watching them abuse their powers and so on. And not all of them, but the bad ones. No, but when you live certain experiences, it shapes you. And, you know, I have a younger brother. He's six years younger than me. And, you know, obviously he's a Hispanic man. He's a Hispanic young man. Um, you know, so my cousins, things like that. And then being with Mike and then having Mikey, it just takes on a new, you know, thing. But to the, to the point of like the teaching aspect of it. Yeah. A whooping, I feel like would not have been as effective in that moment because I needed him to truly understand the layers and the complexity to that situation because it was that, that was that serious. So Dr. Buchanan, can you pull that, that last one up? Cause I can't see it. The I said she said we don't teach people enough about nope, child. No, nope, there's another one. I don't know why it's not loading on yours. Hmm. So, anyways, Doctor Buchanan says yes. If you spank, wait until you stop being angry or upset, and decide in advance how many pops the behavior deserves. I agree. And that was pretty much kind of how it went. If if I did, I think I spanked probably maybe two or three times, and he knew it was coming, and he knew why it was happening, and it was just you know, I think we did like half of his age or something like that. It was something stupid, and it really wasn't intended to physically hurt. I will say that I'm like a what is it, use an analogy type person. Whippings are like an analogy. When he was really little, I would tell him, "Give me your hand," and I would do like a on his hand and that was just devastating to him he'd be like no mama because he, he knows mom's disappointed in yes him. i'd really say no michael give me your hand no mama and he'd be crying or whatever and i would literally tap his hand and you know not to physically hurt him but again it's just it's teaching you're trying to teach your kids and you're trying to save them and keep them safe you know yeah so like a lot of the times when i was really 
worried about certain aspects of what Mikey or what, what they were doing, even my daughter as well. Like I was a lot of the times right, but possibly because I went through it, you know, I knew what it was to be that I'm only 18 years older than them. So I knew what it was and what they was getting into or what was out here for them. So we, we kind of understood all of that. Yeah. I do want to talk about though, as we go forward in this process, we've been on for an hour and a half, so we're going to probably be about 10 minutes maybe. cutting here in a second. But, um, what I do want to get into is some of these incidents that's happened. So like a lot of people who know outside of just our relationship and life and like this random stuff that we're talking about, we've been involved with some things like with the Lansing Catholic incident where Mikey took a knee there and the whole situation went national and it was a big deal, like revolving around the Colin Kaepernick situation. So we want to chronicle that. Like I want to talk to y'all about that and get some real truth out there. Cause what I've noticed about our community is a lot of people don't pay attention to the media or the news, period. Like, who sits up and watches 6 o'clock news unless somebody just got shot on the south and they want to know who it was or what the situation was or if they're being nosy. Um, outside of that, you don't really pay attention to too much else. So there was a lot to happen with that, man. And I think people need to know, like, what really happened with that situation. There's other situations that you guys can attribute my name to um, that I'm going to be getting real on some of these situations and, like, putting both stories out there. Um my kids, my other two kids that I have, I want to put that story out there. I want people to know what's going on with that situation and what what the whole backstory on that is and where we are today with it. Um, so there's a lot of information and stuff we want to get to, yo. Like, sure, just truths. I mean, like we said, it's about conversations and having conversations about real life, and and that's our real life. The situation at Lansing Catholic, you know, yes, it was in the news and there was all these things going on, but you know that timeline is it's important to know kind of what how it came to, how it came about, what happened, how we got involved and how, you know, what the involvement was, what the goal was, et cetera. This isn't nothing that just popped up, you know, one day and there was no thought behind it. There's a, like, you've already heard today, you know, there's a lot of emotion and thoughts and experiences in life behind pretty much anything that we do. It's never just a, a never black one dimension, yeah, you know, thing. A lot of people think like when they just hear something, it's like, I, and I've never understood this show. Like, you can know everything about a person and hear one little thing and you're like, oh, that's everything about that person, what that person has told me. Me, I need I need to know more, yo. Like, you can't tell me that this person has done all of these right things and then this one thing, he just completely goes against everything this person yep. has done for no reason. Like, you exactly. can't tell me that. So, but in this day and age that we live, a lot of context has to go into things because people don't ever try to find the truth. It's like whatever somebody told, it's just, there goes back to the headlines. When you see that big beaming breaking news headline, yep. nobody reads the real story or how how that headline became to be. Everybody just sees the the sensational thing and they just run with that. And so I think it's important. I had a very re recent incident and I'm, I'm going to talk about this because I think it's important. I had a recent incident with somebody who doesn't know me very well, but knows of me was bashing me on like my 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 dealings with the village and what I'm trying to do for these kids out here in the city. And they had something to say about, well, what about your other kids? You don't know the story on that. Like, you yeah. have no idea what I've gone through, what I've tried to do, what and I've that, been involved that, with. That, like, took me, like, I was like, wow. Because it's, it's, it's one of those, like, the nerve of someone who everybody knows that fi family dynamics are some of the most intricate, complex things and very personal why would you know but this the person, truth about it? This person, <laughs> this person we're talking about should know. Because yeah. this person is very close to the family that my, my my daughter and my son are involved with. So ultimately, and I don't have no bad thing. I don't have nothing bad to say about that them them that them as a family or anything like that. But there's there's things that happen, yo. There's things that have that have that have evolved and that are where why we're at where we are today. That 
I don't do. I don't get on here and bash. You don't, you've never seen me on Facebook bashing nobody and telling the truth on them. I may tell the truth on these big organizations that are out here doing bad. That's different. But I'm never going to get on Facebook or get on Instagram or none of that and tag somebody and say they're a bad person or they doing this bad. Or air somebody somebody dirty laundry. I don't do that. So a lot of times I take I take a lot of a lot of misinformation. A lot of misinformation gets spread about me or us because I don't defend. I, I, you know, I I take the high road and something you heard somebody say, I think, in one of Drake's songs and he didn't bring this up but it was like one time a wise or some a wise man once said nothing yeah nothing and at sometimes all. a wise man once said nothing at all so a lot of times i allow things to just be said because i know the truth or i know what's really going on with it so i don't think it deserves my response but at the end of the day um this is what this platform this yeah. platform is here so why not talk about and, some of these things i'm sure there's other people in the world that are going through the same situation yes. that i'm going through and you need to know how to handle it exactly it, and know? something that's really important to know is like we you know we can't always say enough is that our family and our kids are so important to us and so when you are feuding or, or doing that airing out or whatever the case may be a lot or of times you us are. you know what i'm saying as far as us you know quote unquote airing people out or whatever there's a lot of situations that we could do that on, but there's very important reasons why we don't do some of that. And like sometimes maybe telling kids. Exactly. So telling your side of the story at the expense of what or defending yourself against someone who you don't care what they think or what they think about you, but you do care about how your children may feel in that situation or how it may make them look or feel. That's always been more important to me than people who I really don't give two shits about what they think about me or what they know about me. I want our family unit intact more than I want the other side of the story out there, you yeah, know? Exactly. So like, I think it's important for you to understand, like mind your damn business, man. Yeah. Like that's probably the easiest way to deal. Yeah. If you sit in a barbershop and somebody running their mouth or you at the car wash and somebody running their mouth about somebody, man, just take it with a grain of salt, move on, walk Especially past. Especially if you see that same person, um, you know, come up and give somebody a hug or dap them up or whatever, because something, if you, if you know me very well, I don't like everybody. I'm a very easy person to get along with. I'm, I'm cordial, whatever the case may be. But if I have something where we don't have a friendship and we don't have a relationship, then that's just what it is. I don't. We're not going to pretend that we do. But that if you don't like us as people or you don't agree with something, I'm cool with that. But there's nothing worse than somebody that will, you know, kind of I call it dirty mouth you, like dirty mouth you behind your back and talk about things that they think that you know about. You would never know that they feel that way when you're dealing with them. No, nah. that's no. Nah, it caught me by it caught me completely by surprise. I was blindsided as hell when I heard about what was being said. I, I was like, "Wow, yo, like from this, really?" I laughed. Like, I'm that's like, what? what? That's where he tried. That's where he decided to go. I with that. So laughed. I mean, I mean, it's just like I said, it's man. Hard. It's like one of those things. Like you really got to just live your life without yeah. anybody. And this is something I'm learning to deal with through through my psychologist, you know, like through Dr. Buchanan, it's just, you got to really learn to live your life, man, outside of how people feel. People are always going to have a problem with everything you do. Like if you moving up in the world, you moved up out of the hood, they're going to think you bougie. They're going to think you this, you that. Or you think you you this and that. We've heard it all, yo. And and it's like, I can't even defend against that. Yo, like who, who wouldn't want to move out of their bad situation? So like, it's a whole lot of situations you can't really defend against. So you just got to keep moving, man. And like, when you get more comfortable with doing that in life, like when you get comfortable with just saying, you know what, I'm just doing me and my family. Yo, yeah, just it so makes things easier. so much easier. I do. I know uh, as we're wrapping up, this is something I, I was talking about with my sister not too long ago. And, and we were just talking about people and dynamics and Kareem, you're kind of hitting it on the head. Like people have a lust for wanting to expose somebody, but it's never the positive, only the negative. 
And they don't even care if the information is true or not. They just highlight it because it's negative. So I was talking with my sister and I said, you know, this is something to ask yourself. And this is sometimes how I've kind of severed or distanced certain relationships. And I asked her, has this person, have you ever heard this person talk good about somebody? You know, I, I'm like, think about it. And, we, and she said, she thought about it for a second. I said, have you ever heard this person big up or be like, man, did you hear so-and-so just bought a house or, you know, have you? And she could, literally could not think of one time that this person had talked good about somebody or had been happy for somebody about something. I said, you need to cut that person out of your life. That is not Yo, somebody Lansing, that I want in my life, period. Lansing is full of them. We, you it, know, everybody calls them the crab in the bucket people. But it's full of them. And that, like, that's a lot of cities. It's not just Lansing. I'm not gonna say, I, but I only can, I can only I know, relate with mine. I can only relate with mine. So what I'm going to say is my city is full of those type of people. Like that's we right. watch people blow. Like, I mean, I'm going to give a perfect example of this without calling out a name. We have a person who has tried to infiltrate, and I shouldn't say infiltrate, but rise up in through the ranks of politics in this city. And people be bashing from all different angles. Like, why would you? So like, this is this is how I put this in perspective for people. If you think about a young man that comes comes out of Rio Elementary, goes to Gardner, goes from Gardner to Everett, Everett to college, then becomes a doctor, right? He's a black man, comes a doctor, and then comes back into his neighborhood to serve his neighborhood as a doctor. And that man, for whatever reason, got killed in a drive-by or killed at the grocery store. Do you know how much we lost, like how hard it was for that young man to grow to that point? Like how much he had to do to get to that point? Anybody has to do but for it what he had to go through to get to that point so this is the same thing that happens in our city yo we got people who rise up from the gutter and try to decide they want to do something better for their community they want to they want to bring these people in their community up with them and so on and so forth but what do we do as a community we immediately as we see them getting shine or as people start to respect them our own community eats them alive make that make sense for me like this yeah. person came from the same area you came from and they decided at some point in time they're going to get into serving the people and you being the people. And what do we hear all the time? What well, is got that person's got an agenda like that person's agenda is you idiot. Like they're trying to help you. But we have such a problem with like and I find this a lot in the things that I do with and the things that I do. It's like I don't want to do it. I'm not going to help my city in any way, but I don't want you to do it either because then you're going to get shine for it. And nobody, some of the, the people that go out here and selflessly do things for this city ain't looking for no shine. I've already made my name. Mike Lynn is our, I've already made my name in the city. So I'm not trying to fix my name. I'm not trying to make no more credit for myself. I'm just trying to use my ability and my notoriety to help the people who don't have a voice. But you always get hit with, oh, this person got an agenda. They just want to do this or that. This person want, no, yo, really, this person is just using, use this person as a, as an asset. Don't look at them yeah. as competition. And I think it's important to remember, too, when people are just trying to do like it, for me, I don't understand where judgment comes when somebody is doing something, anything positive or something that they love to do or that makes them happy or that's joyous for them. Like there's this like I don't know if it's because Kamisha said it's not just Lansing, it's the world. I don't know if it's just it's human our world, though. It ain't everybody world. Because when you look at that's other, what I was going to say. I don't know if it's. <laughs> They raised they look at how they back in Trump right now. Make that make sense. <laughs> like seriously, look at how that group of people is backing that man. Make that make sense. So it's not everybody in the world, but it's really, really rampant in our Sometimes community. it can be a community or culturally or whatever the case may be. I know for me personally, I can I can only speak for, you know, culturally or you know, my own community, but that's something that I've grown up with too. 
you know, culturally in the Hispanic community, even it's really difficult because when you come from a certain place or you have a certain upbringing or whatever the case may be, I read a meme. It was talking about the reason why sometimes people can't give credit where credits due is because it makes them feel a certain way because we all came from the same place and maybe they feel like they should be further. And I was just never, I don't understand that mindset because in my own mind, I, I don't care what it is. If I see somebody that grew up in my neighborhood or grew up poor or whatever the case may be with, you know, been through hell and back, you know, I'm so happy for whatever they're doing. Even if it's just, they're having a baby. They started school at community college. They own their own business. They're selling something on side. They got a side hustle. Like I'm just happy for them. Cause I'm just like, that's awesome. Like I love, I love seeing people succeed and be happy. And I just feel like Mikey, we need more her, of that. Here's just to that point. Mikey says, seeing someone your same age or your same stature, your same surroundings, doing something helpful while you're not starts a nasty fire in your heart. That is exactly it, yo. And he is somebody who's went through this firsthand, yo. Like, yeah. he was somebody who stepped out of the norm of being an ignorant little dumb teenage kid and decided to do a couple things, not just the nailing, but a couple things that he did even prior to that to step outside of that and show that he cared, that he wanted to do something great, yo. And his own peers was killing him with it. Like, they was, they was, they Ruthless. was so, they was hurt by it. Like, it was like, they was hurt. Like, you could just stay out the way. You don't got to say nothing, but you take it upon yourself to like try to dig and die and, and, and make me take a nose dive for what purpose. So that's exactly it. Yo, people hate is something that I don't really understand. Like, I don't have that hate in me for anybody that's doing anything. Um, I feel like I have enough self-confidence to know that I'm on my own level with things. Not to say nobody's not on my level or on a level above. I just have my own level that I, that I rock on. So I don't let things like that get to me. Like if somebody goes out and gets a new whatever the case is, one of my one of my homeboys, he's actually an LPD officer. He has said to me, he was like, "Bro, think about this perspective. If 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 Save a Lot or if RPM was selling all 2019 brand new Corvettes for five bucks, and one of the bros went and bought one, do you think that they would come back to their neighborhood and tell everybody they got Corvettes over there for five dollars? I'm like, you know what? Hell no. Nah. Why are we like that? Like, why are we like that? I get talked about a lot of times because I come into the neighborhood or I come to my boys and I'm like, yo, I'm on this new thing. Like, like psychology. On <laughs> I'm on this new thing with psychology. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen a psychologist. And I'm telling everybody, like, yo, it's good. Yo, like, the, all the things you think about what psychology is, it ain't. Yo, like, you need to go do this. And why you always want me to do what you're doing? It's because you're doing it. It's like, because I want to <laughs> share this with you. Like, if I seen a $5 Corvette, I definitely would go back to the hood and tell everybody. Unless I had $20, then I'd buy you know, four of them, you know and what I'm saying? Get three away. In the day, if I, if I only had five and they were selling Corvettes for five bucks, I would definitely go back to the hood and tell everybody like, yo, go get a vet. Yo, they got 15 of them over there. We all can be riding vets. That's me though. Everybody not built like that. So Kamisha said, and that's, that's a really good way to put it. She said, because you're happy with yourself, that's where it starts within. And, you know, I right. think that's really true, but to take that a step further, because if everybody's not always happy within themselves everybody goes through dark times and dark periods and you know not everybody's up sometimes they're down but i think there's a huge lack of like empathy in the world just in general because just because you're down it shouldn't make you feel a certain type of way to see somebody that's up you know what i mean and i think that that's something that we're really lacking is just the human empathy to have for another human being to say like I'm not going to kick this person when they're down because that's something I see a lot too is when somebody does try to do something nice or positive or good, all of a sudden people want to be like, 
I remember when they used to do this or they used oh, to do yeah. that. And oh, I remember that when. For, I've had people say things like that to me when we're talking about something and somebody will. And if you you know me, I'll, I'll be the person that's like, damn, for real, you're talking about something they did. How old were they? Like 16? Oh, really? Yeah. That, that's that the was thing like about, 20 years ago. I'm like, about that's up, as hell. That's the thing about growing up in your city where you grew up and like you, everything else because everybody <laughs> remembers like. 30 years ago. Like, you go anywhere else, you can be like, yo, it was 30 years ago. It don't matter here. I just think about what an idiot I was at a young, you know, That could be the last memory they have of you was that 20 years ago. And so that's what they spread. When they see you booming or doing something special, it's like, oh, well, that person did such and such. Like, when? Oh, in 98. Who cares about 98? Like, really? But that's like they only claim the fame is that I knew this person when they was this, this, and they were that. But that's why I got on, and if anybody hasn't seen this yet, the Lansing State Journal Storytellers, and I told my story, I want to put my story out there. This was like last January, two Januarys ago. I went on the, the Lansing State Journal Storytellers and I told my story, yo, from beginning to end. Like, not every aspect of it, but to let no, people know where I came synopsis. from. Like, you can't shame me with my past. No. My past is what made me who I am. It's the reason I get on here and be passionate about Same. the about where I came from and be passionate about it. You can't shame me with that, yo. Yeah. Like, all you can do is be proud. They call me the success story at work. Cause from where I came from to where I am today, like, it's unheard of. Who's done that? And I'm not saying ain't nobody done it, but I did it. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on right here was Cream talked about jealousy and envy is fueled by one not having what the other possesses. I think that jealousy and envy are for lazy people. And you know why I say that? When I see somebody with something I want, it never invokes that feeling in me. It invokes a fire in me to go get How it. How do I get that? How do I get that? How do <laughs> no, I get there? What do I need to do? Do I need to start a podcast called America 20 to Life? Like, I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> if somebody has something that I want, I don't look at it from a point that's going to have me buried in myself. I'm going to start and, thinking, like, how can I get that? And I'm the nerd that'll be like, where'd you get that? How'd you get that? How did you do that? Where's the resources? I start Googling stuff or whatever the case may be. Like, that's kind of what it, I think it involves. And your Google me. game is terrible, Shut too. Up. Yo, I <laughs> anyway. swear. Yo, yo, there's a such thing as this, too. That's a little off topic, but I want to say this. There is a such thing as Google game. Like, who got good Google game? Google so like skills. right now, like I'm a I could do this. So we have a we have these Google little things all around. So like, hey Google, what time is it? Okay, so we had these little things all the way around the house, and we'll do these little things. Hey Google, turn your volume up to eight. So we'll do these little things. We're like, we'll we'll be looking something up. Google is the best is, is America's best <laughs> friend. Like I don't understand how anybody doesn't use like you can't be an ignorant dummy or be stupid with Google around. Like you can ask any question. Like, for instance, hey, Google, what are the primary colors? The primary colors are red, yellow, and blue. Just that easy. Like, any question you want answered, boom. But for Erica, it's a little harder than that. Like, <laughs> like you, she could say to, hey, Google, and get it. But if I tell her to, bang, Google something, like, it doesn't, I, we can Google, like, she just doesn't have how Can we be things. fair? When it's, like, obscure stuff, I struggle with the right algorithm. Yo, it's an algorithm. You have to say it right. Like, if I want to know, like, <laughs> what Billie Eilish makes in a year, I'll say, what's the salary of Billie, Iri- of Billie Eilish in 2019? And I don't know what it is you punch in that you'll get, like, <laughs> how many Grammys she won or something. don't. The shit. distrust, too, is real. Like, he always looks at me accusingly. Like, what did you put in? Read it to me. I'm like, yo, because okay. I need to know, like, what is, <laughs> what did your fingers put in there that you couldn't come up with the right shit? What's it that Google hates me, never listens to me, but I it answers the Marine every time. <laughs> Maybe that's Her what husband. it is. See, Google is misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. So, so anyway, Google is like one of those things. Like, I'm telling you, it's the best thing in the world. Like, 
I mean, you can ask it anything pretty yes. much, and, it, and it'll give you everything. As long as you, this one, you can ask it in a verbally in a verbal way, but a lot of times you have to you have to type it in, and sometimes she can't get the type right. But there is an algorithm. You do have to put an algorithm I in did. to get it right. And to get what you want out, and yeah. I just seem to always know it. I don't know why it is. I know. I'm what like, the how did you is. find that? And we ask the weirdest stuff, like, "Oh my god, look <laughs> I up was your thinking, Google history." No, I was thinking about that. I was like, how do somebody, I, look it up? I want to look it up right <laughs> I, now. I want to show people. I can't mind. remember, but I stumbled on my Google history one time, and I was scrolling through it, and I was like, "Who, Lord Jesus?" Lord. Okay, here's some of mine. Here's some of mine. <laughs> Entrepreneurialism. Uh, <laughs> I said that word like five times yesterday and I had to make sure I knew what the hell out. I, I know the word, but I just had to make sure I you knew. You got to second guess yourself before you say it in public. Okay, so here's another one. Um, AR birdcage. And that was actually for, um, that was actually for like the end of an AR-15 that have like this thing on there that muzzle breaks. And that was for that. And then let me see. This is, this is a weird one because I was looking up a whole lot of stuff that I probably don't. It's all gun related because I was looking to buy a gun today. Of course. How do I look it up on here? I can't remember how you actually look up it. I can't. I'll be honest, y'all. I've looked my own look up. Look, she I don't said, need... "Don't do Erica. Let her be great." <laughs> Thank you, Kamisha. Uh... But I'm just saying, like, it, it, there is an algorithm. I believe that, but some of my Google history is definitely questionable because I literally, I am a sponge. I love to know things. I love it. If I and I'm not afraid to be like, I don't know what that means. What does that word mean? I ask people that all the time because I'm like, what does that word mean? Because I want to use it in a sentence later, right. or I'll Google it, or whatever the case may be. But I feel like if people did that more, we would all be in a better place. So, my Google history is very. You'd be like, why were you looking? At, I don't know. Yeah, Chad. Know. Chad says to the to the last time we were talking about a lot of time, and it's not even about the other person. A lot of times this makes them realize that a person in the same circumstances as them did not make excuses and focused and made it out. That's so it, fact. so it blows up all their excuses that they tell themselves is That's what he fact. ended it with. That is a fact. It, because I, it's it. You can't say it was this. You can't say it was that. You can't say you didn't have an opportunity. Like I be telling people all the time. I think I said it on the last show. Like I've gotten all these jobs that I've gotten by just applying, yo. And then applying myself once I got the job, like, Going through EMT school, being a high school dropout GED recipient was probably one of the hardest things I thought I was going to go through. But when I got into it, I just told myself there's never a situation I haven't set, sat in and focused my whole mind to that I haven't been able to accomplish. So I decided I was going to sit in on that. At 33 years old, I'm going to learn a whole I had to go through biology. I never went through biology in high school. Remember, I was a high school dropout. I never went through it in college. So I'm learning biology while all the other kids that's in the class and they're all in their early 20s just came out of this class. So they, they know everything. They know distal. Uh, they know all the little phrases that I had no idea what these things proximal. I never knew what those things meant, but I learned them. So um, I had to learn the whole body up and down the whole the way a blood drop goes through the heart, all the left and right. Atrium. It was a like, lot. I had to learn all of that in a snap like that. And um, a lot of time was spent studying, yeah. like studying and, you know, flashcards. He put so much time, work and effort that I was like astounded. I was so proud because I'm like, this person has been out of school for this long, you know, and didn't go through the conventional high school. Like I went through all four years of high school, graduated on time. And that would be hard for me. So I was watching it like in awe. <laughs> but so to my point was like, that's why I keep saying like envy and hate is all like a lazy, it's a, it's a lazy attribute. Like it's, it's a, it shows laziness to me. Like if you see somebody have something that makes you envious, like that's a lazy, cause you just, you're envy of their hard work, not what they got. 
You're not envious that they have. You're not envious that they have a million dollars. You're envious that you don't have what it takes to sit your ass down and do the work, yo. Like honestly, that's really what it is to me personally. People yeah, are I think that could people be are too relaxed in in their in their way of just being whatever makes them feel comfortable and things that make them feel not comfortable. They 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 can't deal with like if anything that's that I seen something about that too. Like somebody was talking about that like. The millionaires and billionaires of the world are the ones who master being uncomfortable, doing the, the, the shitty work, the stuff nobody wants to do. Like when you have to sit down, like, for instance, anybody can go read a book on stocks, right? Anybody can learn stocks. Why can't you? You can learn finances. You can learn how to invest in stocks. But are you willing to sit down and read those thick, those two inch thick books and listen to all the Warren Buffets and everybody talk about all and like really apply that to your own algorithm? To, is, are you willing to do Put that part? If you're willing to do that part, then the rest of it's going to come. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, when I think about envy and all of that, there's a whole lot of things we can think about or why people are envious and everything. But I really think it boils down to they just lazy. They watch somebody else in the same position, like Mikey said, climb out of that position. And all they feel like at that point in time, once that rocket's taken off and it's past them, it's like, all I can do is talk about his tail, his tailwind now. You know, like, that's all I can do. I can't really say, well, because Mikey went through the same thing as, a, as, an, as an athlete, as a football player. Um, as a quarterback, he used to always get these things. Well, Mikey's as good as he is because he goes to all these camps. No, he doesn't. Mikey's as good as he is because he works his ass off and he has some natural ability. But he didn't just lay on his natural ability. He worked his ass off in, day in and day out. That used to piss me all the way off because, you know, obviously as a mom, I'm very protective. But when you watch people, like just how I talked about watching him go through schooling and things like that, and watching my son at a young age, you know, getting up at the butt crack of dawn, staying late early putting so much time and effort into the back in the backyard you know all these extra things working hard like he does he does this because he goes to camps i don't maybe look up and see what camps entail it's hard work it's competitive it's competitive in nature you have to rise anxiety ridden it's a lot of pressure so i'm watching my son put all his blood sweat and tears into it and we can't talk positive about that. So I, I used to get very frustrated with that. And I would get into it with people about that. And, you know, I'm biased. I'm his mom, but I don't care. Like, understand, I'm always going to, like, have the back of somebody that has put blood, sweat, and tears into anything. I don't care how big, little, small, what platform it gained them, what level it took them through. I don't care. If they put effort into it, I applaud them. Like, I'm proud of so that like, person. My, one of my homeboys told me, like, you know, I, and I used to hear the same stuff, like, I could walk into a barbershop and like the first thing I would hear is like everybody would get quiet because I know what they was just talking about. It's Friday and midday. You know, the game is later on the night. Like they bought they bossing on Mikey. And it's like I just never understood that a kid like this that works his butt off like that literally has done everything he's supposed to do. yo, And is trying to do everything he's supposed to do. And let's not even just talk about my son. Let's talk about Cody Blankenberg, who's done everything he's supposed to do. You'll hear people hate on Cody. You'll hear people hate on little Anthony Rump. Like, these kids, I seen these kids bust they ass, yo. They missed all the parties. They missed all the trick-or-treating and fun stuff to put their time into their craft, yo. And for anybody to talk about that kid, like, to put any word into him on a negative aspect, Saturday. I don't get. Now, there's a whole lot of athletes out in, this, in the city who, you know, they work hard at practice, and they do what they're supposed to when they're there. They're very likable kids. They'll do what the coach says. But... Those, you know, and I don't want to talk about it. I've never hated on a kid, but I'll say that the kids that go above and beyond, Chad, you can, I'm sure you can speak on that. Chad coaches basketball kids and his own son has went off to college and done his thing. But you, you know, you see the work that these kids put in and then you, you listen to the hate, yo. And like, I won't accept it. Like if I walked into a barbershop and heard somebody talking about Cody, yo, 
it would blow my mind. Like I would, I would be angry with it because I see the work Cody puts in. Like you can't call this kid lazy. You can't call a kid like Mikey lazy. You can't. Or call he ain't as good as this, or as yeah. good as what this, or whatever the case may the be. The sacrifice, yeah. yo, and the pressure to not having it, yo, dude. Like at the that pressure that's on them at a young, young age, mm-hmm. yo. I can't remember, and this was probably my fault, but applying so much pressure to Mikey to not to not fall under that scale of like to mediocre like don't fall to that scale like at a young age seven eight years old we had that pressure on him like and now i was it wasn't just me because a lot of the pressure came from the outside world me knocking back haters with your performances you got to be great so that these haters can we can shut them up and so like that's so much pressure going through everything it's such an unhealthy environment when what it could be as you know parents and communities and coaches and other parents is to kind of big up each other and have like that supportive motivating environment that we should have like if you go into even like other communities it's a different like it's it there is a difference sometimes where you see that type of atmosphere and I think that that's so much more conducive to success for kids like it's hard as a at a young age to put all that into it but when you know you got your whole city behind you that's what I wish you know Lansing would do is Lansing get behind, you know, anybody and everybody that's doing anything positive. If they're not, if somebody's not doing something negative in our city, that's from here, born and raised. Yeah. Why, why is there anything but, but being it? positive, you know, coming out your mouth? Why? Kareem says something. I want to touch on this because it's very important. Mike, there's dudes that are jealous and envious of him because he has both parents and laziness has nothing to do with that. Hate is a jealousy and envy manifested. Hate is jealousy and envy manifested. So let me say, let me talk on that. Because me and Eric have talked about this a lot. You'll see certain kids who don't have a dad in their life, right? That's there all the time. That people will take this kid to a team, right? And that coaching staff will just wrap their arms around him and try to make every opportunity available to him and do all of these things. And, it, and they don't get that. This kid will get boosted up to the highest of all uh, places. And people love this kid. And well, Mikey never had that because Mikey always had me. So that was always a downfall for Michael is having me in the picture because then it always was like, oh, he just playing his son. He's just playing him because he's his son or whatever the case is. It just so changes the dynamic it of everything. It changes the dynamic of everything. You're, no, you're not this coach's little guy that's the bomb and he can take credit for everything that you've done. Now you're just the person that's been planted there that's great. He can't take no credit for how great you are. And so that it changed the whole dynamic. And I always told Erica, like, if I wasn't in the picture, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that Mikey's name would be on a placket, at Sexton, there, there would have been no, there would have been, there, there's so many things that would have been on a plaque at Lansing Catholic. It would have been stapled all over. You know, I, there's no doubt in my mind with the numbers he's putting up in the game he was playing that that would have been it. But a lot of the issues that he had surrounded around dads in the, in the picture. And so, like, you're absolutely right, man. That That's, as far as sports goes, that's an it, absolute It changes issue. the dynamics and things, and it changes the relationships that, you know, you might have with the players and things. You know, it does. It's, it's hard to to you know even say like that would even be a factor but unfortunately it can be you know when you're dealing with people yeah because it would have opened up all the coaches would have been out of holla at erica and they would have thought they all had a chance so, like real talk so they would have been doing extra things to make sure mom is happy like i see it yo and ain't nobody fooling nobody with all that man like we understand the, how this thing goes i've been around it all and that's another thing people don't it's funny how people don't uh respect my my um understanding of all of this like i didn't coach my son till he was in 11th grade and didn't go through this whole process here like but because of a like he said jealousy and envy of that situation they won't even listen to me or think i have anything 
of of substance to talk or speak on the subject. I'm but on. let me give a let me give a let me give a little something out there to y'all because people do. My last guy that hit me up, one of my homeboys from back in the days, got a son that's six five, two hundred something pounds, just going into high school. He hit me up and he was like, "Bro, I know you've been through it. Can you tell me? I need advice on this." So somebody that did respect the fact that I went through that whole process, man, as a parent, as a coach, I understand how these dudes work. And a lot of times, the reason why I'm a black sheep in a lot of environments I get into, I touched on it yesterday. I don't like living in dysfunction. A lot of people are comfortable in that. They're the king of that dysfunction or the king in their own little room. And then when I come in there and I'm like, yo, you don't, this is not right. This isn't, and then it's not me trying to point out things that are wrong, but it's like, can we fix these things if we can't? Like, are you just going to sit in this stink all day? So, you know, a lot of people don't respect that, I guess. Yeah, that's part. And, and also just the willingness to, we're not afraid to ask somebody that's been through it or has been there or whatever, like for advice. I've we Like we said yesterday, we value people. We value your journey and where you came from and how you came to be. And we value any knowledge that you can give. I think that that's important and it's not threatening. You know, people have to stop treating each other in a way that's defensive and threatening and whatever, envious, jealous, all these different things. And for what it is, what value could you bring to my world, to my life, to anything that I've got going on? I love the exchange of ideas and thoughts and experience and things like that. You cannot know it all. You can't know everything. And it's okay if somebody is better at something than you are. Maybe you can learn from that person or they've been through it. And it, guess what? It's okay if somebody's good at something too. You can just tell them that. You're great at that. And you don't have to say, yeah, but. Nope. Two years ago, he got arrested for blah, blah, blah. Or I remember when she was younger, she used to do this. Like, I'm, anytime somebody says something like that about me, I, I'm going to always check you on it and be like, man, that's really foul to, like, bring that up. Like, they seem like they're doing good now. That's what I always say. Seems like they're doing pretty good now. So, like, me, and this is, I, I talk to a lot of my boys about this, like, and I shouldn't say they need this talking to about it, but I always say use people as an asset, not as competition. I like to have bosses around me. I'm not a person who likes to have a bunch of underlings around me that don't know no better or just I, they can take direction and move this way, that way. I like to have bosses. Like, I like to have people who understand as well as I do what's going on. Now, that's not to say that if you don't understand, I won't say or take lead on something if I don't believe you understand. But if I, I, I like to have bosses around me, like people who understand things. I'm not an envious person in any way like that. I just like to see people around me that they can bring value to the situation whatever it is we in like i don't want to be in a situation in a rut and everybody's eyes point at me how are we gonna get out of this i i mean i'll probably help figure it out but i would love to have people around me that can you know put three minds that we can put together and figure right. something great out that's just how i go through the world and i really think about that i enjoy seeing people that are, that are like you said bosses in their own right whatever it is and even if you just walk through the world like you're a boss I love it. Tell me, tell me about your life. Tell me how you go. But you're going to have there. to own that. Cause I'm gonna call you on it. If you're not, <laughs> if you're <laughs> not true. really a boss and you just playing, My you're gonna get, that's Do why you a just... lot of times we, I fall out with people, man. Cause oh. I find out you're not really what you say you are. We don't have to move past it. And I mean, it's just, sometimes it happens like that. You know what I'm saying? Which I say we all rise. Yes. Absolutely. Mom, bedtime. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we all rise. That's a good thing to talk I, about. I like, love it. We all this rise. is what, this is what, this is what the thought process was with the village. And if anybody understands how that went about or was in the rooms when we were designing that and putting that together, this is what I tried to accomplish. I just said I like to be around all bosses. So I looked around. Where can I find? I found the dudes that I seen that was in, in, in the same realm of the world that I'm in, 
trying to do the same types of things, but are at the top of the level, right? At the top of the echelon of that that grouping. So I went out and got people like Walt. I put, I got Wu, bring Wu into the page. I brought Chad into the page, Terrence into this. So like all these people who are at this level of doing this at a high level and want to do this great and are great at what they do, man, how powerful we can be, yo. Like, I mean, seriously, when you look at all the people that are around our city that are doing positive things for our community, but a lot of times you see we all bickering and biting back and forth and fighting and who's going to do this. Just look at how many nonprofits we got. We got my brother's what is it um we got a uh, men making a, a difference a we got a turning point we got the village we got this we got that these are all people who just can't in my opinion get on the same page because if we could bring all of these men and women that are influential in these neighborhoods and in this city trying to do something great on one accord and move that way wow yo like but, what we could do for this city but that thought process is kind of how you know the village lansing was born is looking at that and sometimes at silo they have a, an expertise and they have an area that they're working with in a, in a segment of kids or age or whatever they're at risk maybe they're low risk they're moderate so there's all these pockets so the village we kind of were looking at it like this we may not necessarily be that first stop where we can provide anything and everything but we can refer things out. We can get connections and partnerships with an area. So if we've got these three kids that need this, we've got somebody on the team that can help out with that. We've got this family that needs this. We can have somebody on the team. That's where it's a, it was, it's a mindset. And Mike always says that is more than, you know, an organization or a, a group or whatever, or a nonprofit. It's, it's a mindset. It's how you live. It's how you live your day to day. It's you as a people. Cause if you really think about it, you know, the, the, we, you know, we are the village. It takes a village, all those things. What is that? That's a mindset. It's saying that we're all responsible for each other. And our mindset for the village Lansing is take what you can, you know, what you have, where you're at now and do what you can with it. So there's not this like whole, well, we need to be doing this and we need to be doing that. Whatever you have to give, the village Lansing will take that and find somebody that needs that and will try to meet that need. That was the mindset. Right. So, I mean, mo moving forward with that same thought in mind, like, we just got a community got to do that, yo. Like, mm -hmm. we got to be better, man. And it's a lot of people you just ain't going to be able to touch. There's people on my Facebook right now that's probably sitting watching this live and just running their mouth. I see you. And I ain't worried about you, yo. We still moving. But it's people that just can't never get right and that's cool man i still love you and i'll still do the work for you we still gonna do the work we still gonna be on here we still gonna be mm -hmm. live i never worry about those anybody that can no. like i said anybody that watches things you know that are in my opinion positive in nature with with you know hating their heart or negativity in their heart i'm not i guess i'm not talking to you then uh, you know scroll past <laughs> that's it yeah. but don't be talking about me behind my back though so we went for two minutes, two hours and nine minutes, way past Ooh. what we thought. But y'all was on here. Y'all was grooving. So yeah. it was a good conversation. Um, I love it. Tomorrow, I want to get some people on here. Y'all like nobody hit us up to get on here. But like, no, I love y'all comments, but I would love to bring somebody on to talk about this stuff. man. Like, yeah. I want to bring I want to call you. So if you inbox me your phone number, get Skype. I'll even bring you on with the video. You know, my dad just yeah. didn't have video Skype, but I'm gonna bring him on with the video eventually. But I'd love to bring you on um with the video and talk about some of these things yeah, Kamisha, you want to talk, talk about, about the south side you know you out there you know so i would love to bring you know people that are out here in the field they're out here in these areas they can see 
what we, what we were talking about. They can comment on those things or just bring yeah. topics to the table and talk about it. And as Again, always, inbox us suggestions. Yeah, inbox uh, about. either one of us. Inbox either one yep. of us. Questions you have for us that you want us to talk, to answer or things you want us to talk about that you want to talk about with us. Right. All right, of the above. Right. So. We love y'all, man. We're going to get up out of here, yo. Like I said, it's been two hours and ten minutes. Talk to y'all all great. night. This was great therapy, yo. And as long as people yes. are still on, we kick it with y'all. I know. Everybody's kicking in. Mikey, like, I got to go. But yeah, no, really like, gotta, yeah, so yeah. We love, love y'all. y'all. We love y'all, man. And uh, we will be back. What do you say? I'm a supporter. I appreciate you, Kareem. Appreciate we you, appreciate bro. everybody Me on here. Me and Kareem be having some good conversations about this type of stuff. A lot of I have a lot of these great conversations with dudes, man. That's why I be trying to get. I want to get y'all on here, man, to kick some of this knowledge and and put it together so anyways we love y'all yo check back tomorrow eight o'clock we'll be back on check the youtube everybody that's been on here watching yo go and subscribe to the youtube america twin to life and make sure y'all go ahead and like it subscribe yeah. this follow video, us on insta ig yeah follow us on instagram america twin to life on instagram find us on facebook same way and you can find this video will be on our youtube tomorrow at some point in time um and it'll be in honor in its entirety. And the other one is on there from yesterday as well. Yep. So hit our inbox, man. Like I love yeah. y'all getting on here and getting with us, man. Hit our inbox, yo. Put some put some information in there. Like if you want to get on here, you want to kick it on some things, you want to talk on some things, or you just want to be a part of the show. We'll Anything. put you. We'll put you on Start fifteen minutes or whatever. Start the conversation. We'll put you on fifteen minutes with us and rock, and rock out. I don't care. You ain't got to be a friend of mine or anything. No. If you got something good to talk about, you want to get on, get on. With love us, it. All right. Right, out, y'all. And we'll talk with y'all, not about y'all. That's a fact. <laughs>